Sigma is completely restrained and he's squirming like a little... Sonscast episode 155. Can you believe it? We're back. It's been a long month, and we're sorry for having left you. It's all John's fault. It's uh, true. It's always John's fault. If you so ever I got married, it's really nice. If you ever need to blame somebody for a podcast not happening, probably John's fault. Who's the one that got COVID last year? <laughs> oh, that was wow. Polly. Hey, Polly. Polly. Yeah, oh. that was two years ago. That, wa- that was 2020. Oh, no. Sorry. Oh no. It's happening again, and I keep saying that we'll never let this happen on a podcast again, but once again, I was reminded that time exists. You, and- you did it to yourself. Yep. Man. Man. Don't you hate it when Don't the worry. hero finally gets their comeuppance? <laughs> That's like the worst. When the hero are you finally. The, are you the hero of the podcast? When the hero, the protagonist, finally has to, you know, get a bit of humble pie. Don't you hate it when that happens? <laughs> That's the worst part of the anime, I think. Uh, and we've yeah. reached that arc. We've reached that arc now where this is the episode where I just gotta. I get a taste of my own medicine and it doesn't taste mm-hmm. great. And now I've gotta reflect on that. And I'm gonna be holding that for the next 128 minutes. Uh, exactly. Well, Rhett, Rhett can comfort you and then you can go and rescue your actual wife using your time travel powers that sounds that sounds like a good thing that i should do we're all after like your, after your humble different pie. shonen references to make here i have <laughs> literally no shonen references to make because i okay. just i don't watch shonen anime so don't don't worry polly the the important thing when you face your own foibles is to recognize that you've done nothing wrong ever and you're actually perfect and great yeah they'll write me out of it sooner sooner or later no you're the protagonist i'm the protagonist you're the, you're the kirito I'm the Kirito. I don't. Mm, I don't know whether I need to feel offended by that or not. I no, think I'm perfect. offended. I think I'm offended. You did. You're come. actually perfect. I mean, in a way, that's a compliment, but also I'm Kirito. Kirito sucks. He has two swords, Polly. I know. I was gonna say, and many wives, and a lot and of wives. Well, no, he has one wife. That's he true. literally only sleeps with one wife. Like he has a bunch of people <laughs> that want him. But he doesn't make that move. And if I'm Kirito, that means I probably wouldn't make that move either. Because it just means you just, you know, it's that I bet Asuna would be into it. I'm just saying. She had a girlfriend that she didn't sleep with, too. So, or did she? It's true. So, he, has, he gets a boyfriend he doesn't sleep with. Well, there you go. See, like, there's there's seeds there for, like, an open relationship, I think. Um, uh, absolutely. But the But the author, too much of a pussy. Uh, to, mm. to make that happen, I think. There's what there's one bit where Shinon, um, where Asuna, they're all having dinner, and Asuna points out that, look, I have this app connected to Kirito's smartwatch. It lets me monitor his heart rate in real time. And Shinon says, oh, it's like an anti-cheating device. And then she, and then Asuna laughs. Oh, God. Like, like <laughs> she literally knows when they're fucking. 
Like, if it's like 1130 at night and that heart rate monitor shoots up to 120, what do you think it's for? I'm playing Ring Fit. Playing Ring Fit, of course. I mean, <laughs> what else would you possibly be doing at 11.30 p.m.? It would make your heart rate go up other than Ring Fit. Beepner asks, are we talking about Kirito or Reen Schwarzer? They're basically the I same. I mean, they're kind of the same. Like, as much as I hate to admit it, <laughs> like, Reen Schwarzer, like, is basically one sword Kirito. I kept making that joke, and I successfully wore you down. Yeah, I just kind of like, you know it. what? It's kind of there... <laughs> like I can even see Sean Chiplock voicing Kirito, so it's just kind of like, yeah, it kind of just all really does. Yeah, Reen Schwartzer really is like that guy, isn't he? <laughs> Not saying that I dislike him as a character, but but and, and I don't. That's think, just a painful thing to hear when I'm halfway through that saga. I don't think that he's as hacks bullshit, and they write him yeah. out and make it easy for it. Like like Reen Schwartzer no. does not get it easy. <laughs> he, he he goes through some shit in those games. Uh, Kirito uh, sounds like the world's just kind of handed to him on a platter most of the time. Oh, absolutely. Oh, all right. But yeah, we're here for a podcast. You're here for a podcast. To my immediate virtual absolutely. right, dame 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 yo It's Rhett. Hi. Hey. I had a moon pie this week. Yes, you did. I was about to bring that up. Somebody lost their moon pie virginity. Yeah, and you got to let them know how this happened. It just, my mom bought something on Amazon, like a bracelet, and they just put in a moon pie and a card explaining the history of the moon pie. That is... What? It's so weird. Like, I read the, the note and I it made no sense to me whatsoever. It's like... It's like on public access when you donate, they give you a gift. So you're not mm -hmm. buying something, you're getting a gift with your donation. This was like, the moon pie is a gift with your purchase. Yeah, yeah. And so, it's just one small little moon pie, and I had half of it. So, all right, all right, so you, you busted the moon pie, Cherry. Where are we at? What, how, what'd you think? A little dry. It is a little dry, I, I will say. Like, <laughs> it is a drier cake. I, I can't I think, say it's not. Yeah. If you I put it in it a microwave, if you put it in a microwave for like five seconds, it puts a little, it gets a little bit of that humidity in there, and it moistens it up a little bit. Oh. Should have asked you first before. Yeah, you needed to come to me before you went into this 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 whole process. Yeah, yeah. you know when it's but, your first time, you got to ask for some advice. Yeah, you did gotta, your mom, Did your mom want the moon pie, but you swooped in and stole it? No, no, we split it. Oh, that's nice. That's sweet. The 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 that's kind of the, also the funny part is that. I had mentioned I have a friend that really loves these things <laughs> called moon pies. So she probably would have just eaten it and not said anything had I not informed her of Polly in the past. Oh, that's great. <laughs> so I come down and I see that thing sitting on the counter. I'm like, that's the one. What that's the it. Fuck? <laughs> I've seen that boy online a hundred times. I was like so confused. And then I saw the note and was all still so confused. Mom, what the fuck's going on? Why is it? Did your mom even understand why there was a moon pie? Not or? really. I mean, yeah, the note was very silly. Like, I will say that, like, it's if more working man's dinner. If more, if more places like offered moon pie as an incentive to shop there, dude, I'd be broke. <laughs> I think because I only had half of one, mm -hmm. I was, you know, trying to take small bites and savor it. Savor a bit. it, yeah. Because yeah. afterwards, I was like, 
Yeah, that was a little dry, but I'm like, also like, that wasn't terrible. Now, now, if I had like five of these, <laughs> I could, I could definitely fuck them up. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> if I'm not like being, oh, this is my one and only moon pie ever, I would just like bite, bark, bark, just bark. fucking stomp them down in three seconds. <laughs> I'm gonna get you. So I'm gonna send you some double deckers. Oh no. Yeah, I'm not gonna send you a whole box because I know okay. that like. You got a project going on, and I don't want to interfere with that. Sure, but I'm sure, going sure. to send you a couple. Uh, that way, you can savor them more thoroughly. Yeah, yeah. Battle. I be saw fun. moon pies at the store earlier this week. And I, you saw, didn't I actually get saw them. It was just like because they're gluteny. I was oh, like, they're oh, gluteny. oh no! So it was like this week for the first time in probably like five years. I, I was seeing a moon pie in front of me and was like specifically like I would. Love to eat that. All right, I think wagon wheels are a gluten fleet gluten 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 gluten. What the fuck? Did I just have a stroke? Gluten free alternative. There we go. I keep saying regular and strike. I just said it perfectly that time, but regular. Oh my god, why can't I just say it now? I was trying to say that word on a call with a customer. Regular. And I kept saying it regularly. It was having to say regularly. It said it's coming out fine right now on the on the call. Just a nightmare. <laughs> also, um, permanent. I can't say permanent. Permanent. On a call with a customer. Permanent. Weird. Easy. Weird. Permanent. Permanent. Like, it, it gets permanent. caught on my car. It gets I caught on my mouth. I can't say the thing that Beepner just put in chat right now. I can't say that one. CD, DVD drive? I cannot say that. <laughs> and I'm not going to sit here and, like, I, there's a stream from back in December where somebody got me to try to say it, and I spent two minutes trying to get it out, and I couldn't. Oh, that's funny. I don't know why I can't either. It makes no sense. I can say it very slowly, one mm-hmm. letter at a time. But if I try to say it at normal speed, my mouth just fucking has a seizure. Huh. Words are weird. It, they are. To my immediate virtual left on the weekends, they call him Pump Boy. John Thire. Hi. Hey, how's it going, Pump Boy? It's the weekend. Doing well. I like that. Are you pumping? Uh- I'm going to be, wait, is Pump Man an actual Mega Man boss? I, I was going to say man. Pump Man is my Mega Man wait, name. Wait, is there? I was going to say Yeah, no. there's, a, there's definitely a Pump Man. It's in Mega Man 10. Pump Man is in Mega Man 10. <laughs> oh. yeah. I, the, the one I haven't played, okay. Uh, yeah, Mega Man yeah. 10, not really worth it. Like, I think Mega Man 10's boring as poop. There we go. I really like 9. 9 is fantastic. And Nine's then they were like, hey, and now we're going to emulate... The other games, like, oh no, the, the Mega Man four and fives. Yeah, I wish they would have just like, like went ahead five. with Mega Man eleven being Mega Man ten because Mega Man ten being God. another being another Mega Man two throwback didn't need to happen. Yeah, I liked when you're in the fortress and then the next part of the fortress is a space station. So the the map just like traces way up and it keeps playing the the noise as the map and it goes keeps way going yeah okay that's that's cool. pretty good that's that is and a I like good solar, and i really like solar man's theme okay oh yeah solar man's theme is the best one in that game yep it's a banger yeah i just i just had a moment of forgetting there was a mega man 11 and i played that one. Oh man <laughs> like, mega man 11 is actually good too i know it's it's good too it's just funny where i was i was correct in saying mega man 10 is the one i haven't played yeah and then oh then like oh right there was an 11 weird yeah there was an 11 I've got an extremely good segue for this. Okay. 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 John, segue. So I played um, Azure Striker Gunvolt nonstop for like two two weeks. I, uh, it, was like, it, felt like, it felt like three. It was, you were going it was, on that thing for a while. 
it says May 2nd. There's no way it was only two weeks ago. It was or it was a two whole weeks ago. Whatever. I, I was definitely playing it a bunch. A bunch. That game's that game's real good. I really like that Hell game. Oh yeah! What is Azure Striker Gunvolt? So Azure Striker Gunvolt was originally a 3DS eShop release um, by Intercreates, creators of Mega Man 9 and Mega Man 10. Um Ah, yes. And 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 more importantly, Mega Man Zero and Mega Man ZX. Um, I love classic Mega Man. I love Mega Man X. I really love Mega Man Zeros, the Mega Man Zero series a lot. Yeah, they're good um, games. They're real fucking they good. They are crunchy um, as fuck action games. They feel so good, and I I love them as a kid. Um, I played them like with with the elves and like scraping by with as many of the power ups as I could and mm-hmm. getting low ranks. Mm-hmm. And then yeah. I like revisited them as an adult and was like, oh, this is this is like Devil May Cry. This is like Devil May Cry Mega Man. Yeah. Um, and then I got I got pretty good at them, and it was really really fun. Um, I haven't revisited ZX yet. I'm really excited to. Um, and Azure Striker Gunvolt was kind of like. It was pretty, I think it was around the same time as, oh my God, to age us all in episode four of the Softcast, I talked about playing the original release of Azure Striker Gun Vault, says Tom. That was really That was 2014. Mm Mm-hmm. So I remember, I don't remember that, but I remember it coming out and thinking, I should play that. Eight years ago. (laughs) Oh, yeah. I played that game eight years ago. I played the 3DS version. So mm-hmm. that's the one that I played that had a bunch of text all over the screen when you were playing, and it, it was like, "What? The, whose dumb decision was this?" And it's very funny because I played the Steam version that just does not have that. And as soon as I started tweeting about Gunvolt and posting screen caps, people were informing me, helpfully informing me that I was playing the bad version that didn't have all the extra junk text There's during the stages. That the extra text is literally just garbage. Like, watch out, that enemy's water. Like it's that me- enemy's so dangerous. Be careful. It's like what? What are you missing? Mega Man X Five bullshit. Yeah, it's bad. Yeah. Um. So I didn't. I did not have that. I had a very. Um. Well, I had a very. I had a nicely minimally written, um, crunchy as hell action game mm-hmm. that absolutely. All right. First off, it absolutely fulfilled the promise of the trailers, which was this is like Mega Man crossed with Alicia Dragoon. Yeah. Or this is like Mega Man crossed with Dexter. Yeah. Where you have like these fucking homing laser beams, not lasers, lightning bolts, like arcing across the screen at all the enemies. Yeah. Um, so instead of just shooting guys, you, sh- you tag them with your gun. And once they're tagged, then you can fire your lightning bolt a- across the screen at them. And, and when you tag real good, it feels real good when you tag two enemies mm-hmm. and then zap the, and then kill them at about roughly the same time. Um, you get a double bonus to yep. your score. Mm-hmm. When you tag three enemies, you get a triple bonus, which is even more, of mm. course. And you can tag an enemy up to three times and that'll deal damage to it faster. Yep. That's important because uh, the enemies took so long to kill up front. And then I found out I could just, Oh, I just shoot them, tag them up to yeah. you tag the them three level. times. You do triple damage. Exactly. So like, you would get to a point where you can build combos by shooting a weak enemy with one tag and a strong enemy with three tags, and that's enough to kill them at about the same time with yep. the lightning. And then you get the double bonus. Um, so you build the chain. So the this is a game about building. I mean, up front, it's um, just a fun action game where you're zapping, guy, zapping enemies. Um, it's pretty easy just playing for survival. Um, if you just play for survival, you'll get through it in probably two or three hours, I yeah. think. Yeah. 
Um, the last boss is pretty tough, but outside of that, there's not really a lot that's going to give you too much trouble. Um, there's leveling up as well, but leveling only affects um, the skills you have access to and the your HP. Um, so it ultimately doesn't really matter. The skills are... They're a lot like the items in Devil May Cry where you generally don't want to rely on them. Um, most of them are just like heal up or do a super powerful damage, damaging attack that ends your combo. Yeah. So at high level play, you use the skill skill to end a combo like once or twice per stage. And then otherwise you don't use the attack skills at all. Yeah. Um, so most of the RPG stuff doesn't. It, it fades away very quickly. It's not something you actually have to worry about. It doesn't get in the way of the action part. You of the can game. depend on it if you're like not so adept yeah. at uh, action games, and I feel that like that's largely what those systems are there for. Yeah, it gives you more if you if you replay the game. If you want to replay the levels, um, you can level up a little bit, and then you'll have more HP for the bosses. So it's there for it's there for people who aren't intimately familiar with every Mega Man Zero game, basically. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Uh, and I think that's nice. I, mm-hmm. I wanted to get across that it doesn't get in the way of the game for for the kind of um, the want people who want to play the games kind of closely. Yeah, um, which I appreciate. They, I was kind of overwhelmed at first. Um, I didn't really know what the game wanted from me or how what all the systems were about. Mm-hmm. Um, I played it for like an hour and a half, and then it just kind of clicked, and then I was having a blast. Yeah, it's, like, it's like, am I doing this right? Am I playing this game the way that it wants to be played? Yeah, there is that weird trepidation, like for maybe yeah. the first half hour or so, but then you kind of... Your, you your tactics start working, and it's like, okay, I'm doing something right. Yep. Um, I remember the... Early on, I had that elevator in the first level, mm. and it took like 15, 20 seconds to get to the top where you're not doing anything. And I'm like, this seems bad. I don't know why they're doing this. Mm-hmm. But then you, you you move up the elevator by zapping it, and then I realized, oh, you zap it three times, and then it moves up in yeah, like three seconds. Yeah, it goes up. Yeah, a couple <laughs> of times. Like, yeah. <laughs> and the background races past you. It feels great. Like thuds at the top. Very yeah, satisfying. Yeah, that's really cool. Um, so... Playing for survival, the game's pretty easy. Um, playing for combos, it's very rich mm. because all the checkpoints are optional. Collecting a checkpoint ends your combo. Mm-hmm. Um, you're ranked based on your best run in the stage between each checkpoint. So if you're like what I ended up doing to get my S ranks was that I would use um like most of the checkpoints and then I would get between each checkpoint without getting hit and then yeah. I would cash in the combo at each checkpoint. Some of the levels I would skip if the checkpoint came really quick, I would skip over and get, get to the next one. Um, so that, and then, so you, you're basically breaking up these like eight minute levels into like three or four short chunks. And then you learn those just perfectly and pulling it off feels really good. Mm-hmm. Um, I got, I really enjoyed learning the bosses to do them without damage. And then at the end you hit the boss with the attack. You if you kill the boss with one of your attack skills, you get a big boost. So you, it feels really fucking good. Mm. Um, so I had a ton of fun. I, I played through up to the normal end and was like, wait a minute. This is, this is like really good. Isn't it? This is like really good. And then I went back and I, found all the chaos emeralds you need to find in each level to unlock the true end. And then I um, um, got all the S ranks just bit by bit. Each one took me like an hour. Um, mm-hmm. 
uh, there's, I think, 12 stages total. Is either 12 or... I think it's... Yeah, it was 12 stages total. Um, so I just, over the next like week and a half, I just did a stage a night, and it felt fantastic. I had a blast with it. And I got to learn all those really, really good bosses really closely. Because <laughs> um, they're... Wait, I, Go ahead. I just had a moment. I thought the S ranks were what you needed for the true ending. No, 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 no. I did that oh, fun. my God. I thought... No, That's what I had thought from your Twitter. I didn't no. know the whole collectible thing. No, it's 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 not. I was like, wow, they really make you work for this, huh? That's what <laughs> du- like. That's what that was like. Um, I don't know if anybody played Dust Force. Yeah, that was one. that game. Literally, requ- like when it came out, you, you were required to get S ranks to get to the next level. And it was just like this yeah. is kind of miserable. This is yeah. a lot, huh? That game's also really strict, right? It's not anymore. You have to like, like just they, do it perfect. They fixed it. Like it, it's a okay. much more playable game now. But when it came out, like you literally could not advance unless you got full S ranks on the okay. current stage, and it was just like this is not fun. That's why. That's kind of okay. Nuts. That's pretty good. I thought Gunvolt made you get the S no, ranks no, for no. the true ending, which seemed a bit much. No, this is a four or five hour game to get the Cole story, and that's perfectly satisfying. Okay. And then if you're like me and want to play it pretty closely, you can get. Um, I, I played it for like seventeen hours. If you want to be and like I, an yeah. actual gamer, you know, not yeah. one of those it's baby just, gamers that just, you know, gets your normal ending and move mm-hmm. on. Sure. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm laughing because you're like, you know, the first half hour is kind of weird. And then it clicks and I look and I have ex- 31 minutes on Steam. I'm just like, oh, yeah. Yeah, just <laughs> missed it. Just missed it. <laughs> maybe maybe in the 32nd minute it would have. Yeah, finally you were like, I, what? you were like 45 seconds away from it finally clicking. But it's like, nah. Nah, we're doing That's done. really funny. Um, if you want to be a hardcore parkour oh. gamer for life, yeah. then you can then you can get all the S ranks. And even then, there's the S plus S ranks. Plus ranks. Oh, oh no. Oh no, yeah. I, I got I was like the casual hardcore gunvolt player. I, I played just enough to get all the S ranks. Yeah. The S plus you could there are a bunch of clips on there are videos online of each stage beaten by the developers taking no damage the whole level and getting <laughs> S ranks. It's crazy. Wait. Yes. Getting S rank but not S plus? S plus ranks. S Sorry. Plus. Oh, okay. Okay. No, no, no. I, I, I was the, the <laughs> emphasis there was that the developers themselves recorded S plus yeah, no they damage can do playthroughs. It, so okay. which it is, is possible. Well, which is so fucking dope. If they couldn't do it. <laughs> it. They they made the games that they they made the game that they wanted to play. Yeah. And I fucking love that. Yeah. Um, so I had, I had a ball with that. Um, I, I, I like, um, I kind of regretted powering through so fast to the normal end. So then when I knew that I had a true end, I was like, I'm not going to see the true end until I've S ranked all the other stages. Mm. Um, and then the, the, the true final boss was really, is really dope. It's really cool. Um, one other question. Go for it. What, what triggers the vocal themes? Oh god, it's so good. Oh, okay, so getting over two hundred, isn't it? A combo over two hundred or a um, when you get your combo when you get your combo over a thousand, okay, it's a it thousand. triggers the vocal theme. Yeah. And that's not um, hard to do. Okay. It's not hard, but it's not so it's common not maybe easy, easy that either. it becomes like, you gotta yeah. kinda you've gotta be aware, you've gotta know your enemy patterns, and you've gotta be stacking those double and triple bonuses to get to to mm-hmm. effectively get there. But it's not mm-hmm. like impossible to do it. It's okay. not it's not a huge ask. Yeah, it's not impossible, and when you get it, it, it never because it never became for me where it was like annoying and overpowering the the soundtrack. Also, each stage has its own vocal theme, yeah, that's, which helps a lot. It's it, yeah. so nuts. 
Yeah, so it's not. That's it doesn't bo- become like Sonic Three and Knuckles, where you transform into Super Sonic. Oh uh, God! That and it's just that for the rest of the game. That's all you're getting. Like nobody wants to like anytime like people speed run that game in a marathon or something. It's like cool. I'm not watching that for the next hour. That's really funny. Like if I see somebody's doing a Chaos Emeralds percent, I'm out. If you, my, if go ahead, Red. My mindset is like I wouldn't go for S ranks, but I gotta go for them vocal themes. Yeah, the yes. vocal themes are really good. the The vocal themes are dope. the The whole plot hinges around people fighting over a magic idol, um, Adol, <laughs> yeah. who has whose music has the power to control yeah. basically like mutants in this world. Yeah, it's really cool. It's pretty dope. And then the trend's really nice, and I, I left feeling very satisfied. Um, when I finished the normal end, it ended like really, where really abruptly, and I was like, "Oh, that was kind of lame." But you know what? The game was so good that I still feel good until then. So I still feel good about it. And then I found out there was a true end. Was oh like, yes, you have the achievement on Steam. Listen to all songs of the game. Only three point seven percent of players have this achievement. <laughs> uh, God, the, the last all the last bosses are so dope. I have one. I have one crit. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a common crit with with latter day Mega Man's. There's like one actual fortress stage. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's, yeah. it's real. Is re- the 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 true end stage reuses a level. Um, it reuses a short level. Mm-hmm. Um, and then like most of the most of the climax is boss rush, and it's almost all bosses you've already fought. Yeah, yeah. I'm always gonna find <laughs> that the most boring part of any of these games is like great. I don't now, like who's the, who's play, who's playing these games for the fucking boss refights at the end, and you cannot convince me in any way that they're there for anything other than to pad the game out. Like I, yeah. I just don't see what purpose they serve, unless you're talking like Mega Man One or Mega Man X One, where they're like, like when you're going through the final Wily stages, they appear at, like as part of a stage. I think that's cool, but if it's just like a boring ass capsule run, uh, yeah, you just well, that's it. That's the thing, Polly. It is like Mega Man 1 and Mega yeah, Man X1. Yeah, it is, but it's just like, <laughs> I still just kind of like, I still just kind of get eh, yeah. with Yeah, no, I get you. Revised. Especially when one of the last levels is like five in a row out of like yeah. seven. Uh-huh. Um, but they mix, the, they mix the other two in with the um, with the regular stages, which I appreciated. Yeah, Beeper says like it. Three more. Beeper says it. Bad dudes was the only good boss rush <laughs> refight, and that's because all the bosses have half health, and you can literally just kill them in like two or three seconds. Like, okay, I'll take that. Like that entire final room is just like you know a few bad boss fights, but you don't have to do them as nearly as long as you normally have to. But yeah, bad dudes in Mega Man One, they don't restart the boss theme during the refights they just they just keep, keep it the, going the battle the regular stage theme going and that's the secret that's how you make it fun that's yeah. how you make it good because Mega Man x um better it's better than doing the capsules but it still is like still, okay everybody stop all this we got to do another boss fight yeah perhaps you didn't meet chill penguin the first time <laughs> Perhaps you were Here not intimately familiar with him and his little pose. Would you like to see it? Would you like to see? Would you like to see Launch Octopus point at you and then point down once more to indicate that I you're mean, going always. down? <laughs> well, I mean, yeah, I kind of always want to see that. I think that's my favorite animation pretty, in the game. It's it's so it's so good. It's very also choice. that you can, and then going through all the weaknesses and figuring out that you can cut off um, Launch Octopus's arms yeah, and point at um, me again, motherfucker. Oh no, and, you can't. Yeah. 
I think and the design trunk. Yeah. I think the design reason for refights is so that you can use all the weaknesses in Mega Man. It mm. makes sense in something like Gunvolt, where I don't think that applies. Mm. No, no, I agree. Yeah. They 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 work a reason into the plot for how the resurrections happen, mm. which I think is very cute. So there's an actual like lore reason how these guys came back. Mm. I like that. Um also there's a Medusa boss and she shoots a laser at you. And it freezes you, and I and it only seemed to happen sometimes, and I couldn't figure out what it was. Gosh, and it's I wonder that what it, it only be. freezes you. If I you're have no at idea. <laughs> Which is so good. The timing was just delicious. <laughs> yep. Um, so yeah, the fortress is really is really weak. Um, that's true of Mega Man Eleven. It's yep. true of it's true of a lot of these games. It's true of Mega Man. I, I replayed Mega Man Eight and loved it. And then the fortress stages are it, really brief. Yeah, they're brief. They're kind of eh. The final boss is like a, is a retread. Yeah. Um, Mega Man X4 has really dope bosses yeah. um, in the fortress, but the stages themselves are like extremely truncated. There yeah. was just like there was a sense in the. To me, I feel like the dramatic identity of these games is very much formed by how the fortresses play out. I yeah. think that's a big part of why Mega Man 2 is so memorable to people or Mega Man X1. Mm-hmm. And I think a lot of times they're they're the when they when they're out of time, out of budget, where where do we cut corners? Let's do it in the fortress. Yeah. And that's unfortunate. Yeah, like that's that I mean that's the best place to cut. You don't want to like cut down on the you know the identity of the game's stages and the and the bosses themselves because I mean that's that's the meat yeah. and potatoes ultimately. Um so you, I, if, you got, if you got to trim, if you got to cut fat somewhere, it's got to be the wily stages. Yeah, it's just a bummer because, like, the, again, like Mega Man 2's fortress is so dope. <laughs> it's so it's so dramatic. Yeah, and it's, it's where great. the games like turn into. It's like where they turn into like Castlevania, yeah. where you just get this like intense forward motion. Yeah, absolutely. Um, to the story, so that that's my one disappointment. I can't believe I have four more of these, counting three, which comes out in like two months. Yeah, yeah. You've got the X series now. You've got mm-hmm. you got the rest of Gunvolt. You got so much stuff to look forward to. Look at all these things, and and the best part is they're not obligations. No, nope, play them whenever you want. It's not a backlog. It's Christmas. It's just you get to open the presents whenever you want. I have yeah. I don't have four more. I have to play. I got four. I I thought I had maybe one cool game to play, and it turns out I got four more. I, I'm so it, Luminous X looks wild, like it, ha, it has is, a completely different it's like, an, mo- movement. Yeah, it's it's like it feels kind of like an answer to Mega Man X in a way, like going from Mega cool. Man to Mega Man X in a way is kind of what the X games look like to me. I've not played either of the X games yet. It's just mm-hmm. from having seen them played though, that's kind of like the, 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 the difference that it feels like to me is that like one of it's kind of still like Mega Man and then you move to Mega Man X. I'm, I'm very confused on what X is because on Wikipedia, when you click Luminous Avenger X, it just retracts to Oster's as your striker gun vault. Because it's oh, one of those so things. Weird. It's not notable enough. Nobody's actually made the X pages yet. It's probably no, what's happening. Really? That's, That's so wild. Yeah. You're right. There's no wiki page. It, these are like big commercial releases on the I Switch. Know. These are so niche. I, I never hear people talking about Gunvolt, except like I think Tom is my only Gunvolt friend. Um, but it's like the I, only thing I could compare it to would be like Rhett playing Robbie Ribby last year, that and it being like that weird and niche. But even then, I I, mm-hmm. I feel like Robbie Ribby is more known than like these later Gunvolt uh, entrance uh, entries. Yeah. 
It's a, I'm glad the Blaster Masters seem to be blowing up pretty well because I oh my god, Rabbi Ribby does not have a Wikipedia page. I am actually oh. I'm actually kind of stopped. Yeah, huh? I want to play that one someday. I have but, I have action games. I was like I just want to play like a three or four hour action game on Steam, mm-hmm. and I picked Gunvolt, and I also lo- I kind of eyed Rabbi Ribby, but then I was like. That's not actually a three to four hour action. No, game. That's, that's like a no. that's like a twenty that's like a twenty hour epic. That's a little more of a of an it's a little more of an investment. Yeah, yeah. Although I turned a gunvolt into an epic, so I'm I'm up for that. I just someday I'm excited. Um, Rhett. Oh, what else? My, what have you been up to? What are you doing, Rhett? What are you doing? What did I do? What did uh, you do? I finished. So. What was it called? The game I last played. Uh oh. I talked about it. <laughs> no. That's a good sign for a video game that you played. Uh, it sounds like it left an impression. No, Scarlet Nexus. <laughs> Scarlet Nexus. Oof! It had oh, to be. Yeah, Scar- yeah, it had to be. It had to be Scarlet Nexus that you forgot the name of. Oofa doofa. Oh, I would say maybe the name is the worst part of that game. I I'm like not sure it. What- I saw it's that a name. Cool- I saw that name for the first time and said, "Man, that's so badass." I'm glad I'm 17 years old. Yes. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> It, it's evocative, but it doesn't really it doesn't mean anything. It doesn't in the say game anything. No, it doesn't. I'm just saying I finished that up pretty shortly after the last podcast a month ago, mm-hmm. and I had said like I don't think my opinion will change that much on it because I really like this game. And then the ending was really good. Mm. It like it resolved so much more of the story than I thought it had it had any right to, mm-hmm. and it just felt like. It almost feels like the three arcs of that, like the three kind of main story arcs in that game, it bites off way more than it can chew. Mm-hmm. But then it, you know, it finished off a lot of it. It swallowed as much as it could, and it felt like it, <laughs> it, it felt sorry. It felt like I had finished a trilogy and not just a single game. Wow, that's that's a, that's a Brandon Sanderson effect. That's a lot. Experience. Cool. Like it felt like if there's never a sequel, I'm fine because they awesome. tied so much off. The director like, is real hype. He wants a sequel so bad. Yes. He, is, I mean, don't don't misunderstand. There's definitely a way they could go. Yeah. That would make Scarlet Nexus maybe unrecognizable from the first one. Mm-hmm. Which as, is Azure Nexus, of course. Yeah. I just wanted. I'm. Just wanted to give a quick like thumbs up to that game. Yeah, as like, everybody, as everybody I know that finished that game came away from it pretty damn positive. Yeah, that's pretty oh, cool. That's awesome. Because I had initially gone into it thinking this is just the El- the Elden Ring palate cleanser, mm. and it's like, oh no, I love this too. Shit, <laughs> <laughs> fantastic. Uh, so the main thing I played was I went back to the Great Ace Attorney Chronicles, and I, and I played the second one. Oh yeah. Because when you buy them on Steam they or kind of, anywhere, I, I'm not used the, to that. Like I, I thought that they, I don't know why I thought they were separate. They translated both at the same time because that's the only Ooh. way they make sense is to just give you both. Uh, cool. So when I talked about the first one in January, I think late yeah. January, John asked me, "So is it good? Did you like it?" And I went, "Yeah, I'll let you know." Like there was that hesitation. So, uh. I liked the second one. Uh-huh. It's really, it's really good. There's no hesitation. It's really good, for cool, real. Cool, cool. I just think the uh, the story payoffs are what you want, and like the filler cases are not as egregiously kind of goofy. Mm, I mean, they're goofy. 
state's attorney, but it's just like it felt like everything made more sense and like came together. Was this the one where the like witch gets burned alive? No, that's no, the Layton game. That's Layton, yeah. Okay. Okay. But so the Layton one and these two games are the Shu Tak- Takumi directed ones. Yeah. Like mm-hmm. he didn't actually do Ace Attorney five and six. Mm-hmm. So like these are the real follow-ups. See, and my the funny my thing brain is won't let me play the great Ace Attorney until I play five and six though. Yeah. I hate I think- it. My brain just like it works like that. I get it. Um, I think, I think six even came out between the, these two yeah, games. Yeah, I think it did in, actually in Japan because yeah. I was looking at like a yeah. chronological list and it was like Greatest Attorney, Ace Attorney six, Greatest Great Ace Attorney two, and I'm just like, oh Jesus! Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, there is one thing in the Layton game; they have a system where you. Witnesses or like people on trial, you can have multiples at once, and they kept that in this series. Ooh. For, and they didn't for Ace Attorney Five and Six. Yeah, like it was definitely something he wanted to bring over. Like it makes the questioning what you got the testimony. That's the word. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like it, it makes those more interesting when there can be multiple characters on the stand. And like mm-hmm. they might not always agree with each other. And I think that that's, that's sort of like why what Dong and Rampa does with its like yeah. with, with each phase of the trial between those like mm-hmm. which would basically equal the cross examinations in a in a Phoenix True. Wright game. Like I think that that's why Dong and Rampa's like immediately pulled me in, and I was like as soon as I played Dong and Rampa, I was like, oh, I love this way more than Ace Attorney. And it, so it sounds like yeah, it sounds like what great Ace Attorney adds there with that and having multiple witnesses and stuff now might be something that kind of like gives me my in back in it's it's definitely not Dangarampa. as no, soon as you I, said that i was like no 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 i, I wouldn't expect it to, here. i wouldn't expect it to have that kind of tempo yeah but but like having multiple people there to bounce yeah. off of one another i think is a really cool thing mm-hmm. yeah i think i did think about Dangarampa and other stuff like umineko during this mm. of just like I really liked the first three Ace Attorney games. Mm-hmm. It's it's a little hard to go back after the spiritual successors kind of took that ball and ran with it. Oh yeah, in interesting ways. Yeah, that's so going of, back to yeah. That's why I'm having a hard time like loading up five and six and just diving in. It's just like yeah. oh, I like these other things. Just like they came out and just ate fucking Ace Attorney's lunch. I feel yeah, bad for playing sure. Ghost Strike before any of these. It's oh, like, oh yeah, oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, I jumped in at the peak here. Ghost Trick is incredible. Yeah, I, I think really that's at least Ace a li- little bit more of a different thing. Yeah, yeah, it's not so tied at the hip to Ace Attorney. Yeah, the other thing about Great Ace Attorney Chronicles is that it's two games that are both a little slow. Hmm. I have 76 hours played Ooh. and like that's some that's obviously me fucking around and like tabbing and going browsing Twitter and shit. Okay. But these games are about 35 hours each. Like oh, it's not wow. that much. Oh, I think okay. I had almost exactly 35 after the first one gotcha. or at least 30. Like they're big boys mm-hmm. like and there's only four trials in each of them. Mm-hmm. So I think somebody said the first the first trial in the first game is like the longest tutorial in the entire franchise. Like all 11 games oh, which is just lord that it's so like 
that's the thing that's nice in the se- in the second one is that the tutorial, like the first trial, is not like ten hours long by itself. <laughs> but yeah, they the story is really good. That's awesome, awesome. kind of all I can say. It. It's just it's hard to recommend in in just the extreme extreme length. Versus, you know, it's like hey. Thousand episode shonen show versus a oh. uh, hundred shorter shows. Yeah. Which would you get more out what of? You you know? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, I would obviously take 100 shows. Yeah. But I had a good time with it. I did not. I'm like, there's, yeah, the way people are like, oops, all, uh, all sequel setup for the first one is very much true. Mm, it feels like one. it's two games. Uh, it's what, two games with one story and to be prepped yeah. for that. Yeah. I will like keep I'd, that in mind when I decide to jump into those. Yeah, mm-hmm. well, we're all we're all again again hardcore parkour gamer for life gamers for life <laughs> who can enjoy seventy hour visual novels. Right, yeah. right. <laughs> I definitely went into it with the same mindset of Cold Steel one and two of like you're not gonna just stop after the first one. Yeah, mm-hmm. you're here for the haul, so you might as well get comfy. God, they yeah. they. Do a they do a sequel tease right at the end of the first one, like <laughs> after the trial, they reveal something and they don't bring it back until super late in the second one. Oh, <laughs> oh that's always the worst feeling. And then you're spinning that whole second game waiting for that shoe to drop. They bring it up in the fourth case. I'm I'm just like, fucking finally. <laughs> <laughs> it got to the point where I had I had just straight up forgotten like what the thing had actually said. Right. I was just like, what was it again? I didn't take a screenshot. Shit, I'm an idiot. <laughs> um I have two other things, but I think they're kind of small, so maybe we can just roll over to Polly. Yo! Sure. Hey! Hi! Hey! 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 Um, what you been up to, friend? What have I been up to? Playing video games? Can you imagine that? Me playing video games? I do Wild, that! Right? I do that! I play... You do it! I do... I do it! <laughs> it's Luigi time! Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, I, uh... Do you guys know Vertex Pop? You guys remember Vertex Pop, don't you? I sure do. They're a company that... I played one of their games a little bit ago. They're a company that released a game last year that I would not shut up about, and and I continue to not shut up about, called uh, Super Crush KO, which is Mm -hmm. a fantastic little beat-em-up that I'm going to recommend that everybody play again. Uh, Right here, I'll take it. Did you ever play this one? Oh, no, I have not, sadly. Okay, I, was, I, I did, and I liked it a lot, so I was checking if it was Soxcast approved. Oh, yeah, we need to get this oh, Soxcast no. approved. Oh, no. Yeah. I think this the is a The pressure's on now. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, but uh, recently, like, a big bundle of their games, like, went on sale. Um, like, you could grab their entire catalog for, like, eight bucks. And I was just like, that's craziness. That's great. Like, and I already had Super Crush KO, so like, I just like I bought in and I got We Are Doomed and uh, the game that I'm going to talk about now called Graceful Explosion Machine, which it's a great game title. Uh, loving mm. that a lot. Um, so coming into this one, uh, like when you look at the screenshots, I thought that this was like a twin stick shooter, kind of like pixel junk shooter. And I I love pixel junk shooter. That game's real effing good. If you didn't know. Um, so that's kind of like what I always thought that this was. I thought it was just a cute little fly around twin stick shooter, but it's, you know, by this company that's got a, 
or, or by this creator that's got, you know, what, what feels like a pretty good grasp on action game language and they know how to make games mm-hmm. that feel good. Um, so I kind of went into this game blind on a stream, actually. Um, and it turns out that it's not a twin stick shooter. Uh, you do have to move back and forth, but you press the L2 button to flip your <gasps> ship around. Is it, is it a defender shooter? It's a defender kind of shooter. It's a defender shooter. It kind of is. Uh, but you, you okay. press L2 to flip your ship around, and I thought, that feels weird. It feels like that this is just something that I could take care of much more easily if this is a twin-stick shooter. And then you got to get out of your head, because, like, no, wait a minute. I'm getting, I, 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 I'm getting perturbed at the game for being something that it's not trying to be. Got, mm-hmm. Like let trust the get trust the process. Let things happen. The game's gonna be what it's gonna be, and you just gotta chill and let that be. Um, so what it is is actually a wave-based arena shmup, and um, oh, oh no. I it and um, it, it, it's very similar uh to 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 Super Crush KO in that like they gear you up with four unique weapons like at the start of the, of like the first two levels or so like you get all of your main abilities like in those first two levels while they're teaching you how to play the game so that when you start like the third stage you've got everything and it's just like go you we've already taught you all you need to know now you just adapt um yep it's it's anti-mobile design yes yes and that, that is su- i'm writing that down because that is that's that is fantastic <laughs> it is anti-mobile design um so um you get uh so, so you get four unique weapons and like three of them operate on a special power meter that depletes as you use those weapons and you have your main blaster which you always have access to but it can overheat so you're in this constant balancing act with your weapons where you've got to manage manage the heat of your main blaster while also managing the special meter for your special weapons. So uh, the special weapons you get, of course, like I said, your normal blaster is just like you always have that. And it's just like it can overheat. And then like when it overheats, you can only fire like one shot per second or something. And it's really hard to you know kind of work with that. Um, so, uh, the first thing they give you is a 360 degree sword spin attack, um, that does a shitload of damage, but it's also got, uh, bullet destroying capabilities. Oh yes. Uh, I love, I love swords and shmups so much. I just, I don't want anything besides swords and shmups. It feels (laughs) real good because you swing that, you swing that thing around and you like kill like 20 little pissant enemies at once while also taking down like three or four enemy shots coming at you. And it's like, Oh, 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 that immediately feels real good. Um, they give you a sniper laser that is just this focused, like constant damage per, Per frame, basically, the time mm. when it hits the enemy, but it drains your special meter like fucking crazy, uh, and then it's the, 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 it's also like hyper focused, so you can't really cover a lot of uh, you know area around your ship mm. with it, so you leave yourself vulnerable. Um, and you get cluster missiles, which can be fired in these huge waves. It consumes lots of energy, and they're also controlled via your movement. So, like, when you fire them, you fire them forward, and then you, like, move your ship up and down while you're chasing them down, and you're, like, it's like chasing, like, uh, uh, it's like in football, like, chasing a defender, or, or a, 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 you know, an offensive lineman as you are, you know, a, uh, uh, a running back down the field and just, like, putting all those missiles down, and, 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 of course, what if I told you 
What if I told you that your space uh-huh. that, that your spaceship gets a dash move and it lets you dash right through enemies? Mm, does, mm. It deal, d- d- does it deal damage when you dash through? No, it's okay if it doesn't. Okay, <laughs> just it curious. doesn't it do damage, makes- and you are still susceptible to bullets. Yeah. Oh, so, oh, that's juicy. So it's like the opposite of Super Crush KOs, where you dash, but like you you like like when you dash in Super Crush KO, you destroy bullets. Mm-hmm. Um. So, uh, basically, the game is like you get you it, 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 every stage is a set number of waves with a set number of enemies per wave. Um, and as the waves go on, and the, like even in the middle of certain waves, like the terrain will change in the arena. So it's like the game will like 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 each stage kind of dynamically like changes the playing field of how it's working uh and the stages all loop around like defender but like with the the terrain changing it changes how enemies can spawn like what can spawn on ceilings and stuff and it like limits mm-hmm. your movement like that stuff's just like really fun the way it kind of like limits your 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 mobility options and and all that stuff and it just kind of like really got into like it really surprised me that that was like a thing because I hadn't thought about the terrain because the terrain isn't harmful in the game. So I just thought, mm-hmm. oh, it's just, you know, it's there for visual effect. It's there to kind of give you the general shape of an arena. But oh, no, they add to it as the waves go and they like block off certain little easy pockets to get into. It's like, ah. ah. And um, as you play this game, as you. Like, bounce back and forth between your weapons. You're doing this delicate juggling act. You're dashing back and forth uh, through enemies to get out of tight situations. You're pressing L2 to change whether you're facing left or right. All of these systems come together, and you start to realize that this game feels like you're playing a character action game, but it's a schmuck. (laughs) That was the impression I got looking at your stream. I was like, this looks... This kind of looks... Not not in a bad way. It looks like Super Crush KO. Yeah, yeah. That's the thing. It's like, if you would have told me that, like, they did Super Crush KO and then, like, did this next, I'd be like, oh, yeah, it makes sense how, like, their fighting game would, like, influenced and created this really cool shmuppy game. But it's the opposite where they made a shmup that felt like a character action game first and then they <laughs> made the character action game. That's really funny. And I just love this game to bits. It was really solid start to finish. Like, I couldn't believe that, like, I came into it, like, feeling a little, ah, man, I kind of just wish I was playing Super Crush K, or, or I, I wish I was playing <laughs> a Pixel Junk Shooter. Um, mm-hmm. Because that's kind of, like, what it was presenting as, you know? It's kind of like the same thing when I first played Faerun. Uh, and it was like, oh, I, I, <laughs> wanting this to be East 1 or something, when that's not what it is, you know, like... That, that- the 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 Chad. I want. I wish Faerun was more like Ease One versus the Virgin. I wish it was more like Zelda. <laughs> yeah, I think that's. Uh, I th- I will one hundred percent. Yes, I'm here for it. That's such a salt. Yeah, writing that down too. That's real good. It is kind of funny how, like, that was, like, my first touchstone, right? I went to East before I, like, Zelda wasn't even on my mind. (laughs) Ah, but yeah, Graceful Explosion Machine. Like, this game, like, 
went in expecting something, feeling a little disappointed at first, but like just like as that stream went on, it was just like, oh, wait a minute. Like, no, this is feeling real good coming out of the other side of these stages, like barely surviving because, oh, it's got some teeth and this game is actually harder, yes. than, harder than it looks on the like. It's definitely got uh, it's definitely a meaner game than Super Crush KO, I think. Um, it's definitely, Good. it's de and, like, and, like and the, you will be struggling for those S ranks because this game's got a, <laughs> this game's got a pretty strict combo system that they want you to play with. And it feels good to interact with it. Like when you keep seeing that number, like hit eight, hit times 16 and you're racking up points, like hand over fist. It's like, I don't want to drop that multiplier, but you're like, I need to survive. I've got to get, a, I got to bail. I got to bail. And you just got to get out of a bad situation because if you don't like, you're going to take the hit so it's like maybe if you'd like dash all the way out and like don't take the hit and maybe you like an enemy will have popped up over here that you can like still tag and keep that combo it's just like all of these decisions that you would make in like a devil may cry game or something i yes. was making i was making in this very cool little side scrolling shmup um and like that l2 flipping rather than making it a twin stick shooter I feel that like that being a limitation makes the gameplay feel so much more snappy and interesting for some reason. Um, cool. Like I'm not sure why because like obviously like you would prefer to have that um, that freedom of being able to aim your shots anywhere you want with that second stick. Kind of like, um, but but I think if they would have went that way, I I think I would have fallen off of this before I finished it. Because I think that that, like, now that that would have probably made it boring. Like, I think now about all those times, it's just like, you know, being hyper aware of what way you're facing and just like what way I need to be going or like, do I need to like fly backwards and shoot ahead of me to get out, to get, to get out of this situation? Like all of that stuff makes a lot of sense. Like having that tied to a button. Um, and, and the Castlevania, I think the Castlevania. Castlevania Four is the best one because you can whip in any direction. See, that's the thing. It's like, I <laughs> think that, I think that like, letting you whip in all the directions in Castlevania 4 actually makes it a pretty boring game in a lot of areas. Um, mm -hmm. and, and I think that, like, that's what would have happened with Graceful Explosion Machine if they had gone that route. So now I just, like, I'm really 200% here for, like, pressing that L button. Like, thinking back at the number of times where I just, like, in tight situations where I, I was press, I was desperately pressing that button to get out of situations. It just, like, <laughs> this feels weirdly good, and I don't know why. Like, it feels like it's a flaw, but it's not. It, it's just baked into these systems in a really cool way, and it makes this game have a very cool feel to it. It makes it feel more manic somehow. Uh, mm -hmm. I think it adds to that with the dash and, and, and having to press a button to change your direction. I think that that adds something really cool and interesting to the gameplay that I just, I didn't know that I was looking for. And I didn't know, like I didn't trust was going to work at first. It just like, Oh, I can see this being a hindrance later. And just like, as I got to the later portions of the game, I just I just felt way more adept. It felt like, no, the game's built for this, and it feels really cool to do it. Awesome. I think sometimes, like, when your controls are, like, awkward in a specific way, like, that awkwardness can wind up giving the whole feel of it, like, its own character. Mm -hmm. Like, yeah. when everything else is really tightly designed, having that one thing that's just like, okay, th this is a little weird, but then that weirdness just becomes, like really endearing yeah like it that that's i think that's exactly what happened here is just like i kind of gave myself over to it and then like 
it was like halfway through the second world it was just like oh no this is just kind of second nature now because like the, the game is built around this it's not weird it's not a flaw really it's just it's a different way of doing this that i hadn't thought of because i had played this other game that looked like it in the past uh mm -hmm. pixel junk shooter um and it's just like my mind was just kind of programmed to see this kind of game in that way because I thought, oh, like this is the best one of these that I have played. So I wasn't sure like how like how to trust what 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 Graceful Explosion Machine was doing until like I just kind of gave myself over to it. And it's like, ah, oh, I get it. I'm the big brain now. I'm the big brain now. I'm sure you can. I like. Oh, absolutely. I like the moments. Uh, it'd be funny if there was a live feed of wh at what point do the co-hosts wish list the game that the other person is talking about. <laughs> yeah, those, that's always fun. Yeah. Like, man, you could have got their Like, I was chilling it all last week. You could have got their entire collection for eight bucks. It would have been, been, ah, so been, only been like three bucks if you already had Super Crush KO. So. Ah, so it goes. So it, uh, they'll be on sale again, I'm sure. They'll be on sale again. This looks, this looks dope. Does it also have the... Super Crush KO thing where it has like a very nicely compact set of levels. Yes. Yeah. Like it's yeah. like the entire, like it's a, it's got four planets. Like each planet has like eight to 10 levels and you just go in and like, Dope. it's, it's the entire progression system. Like they, they basically took graceful explosion machines, progression system. And that's how they made super crush KO. Basically it would be, cool. I guess. So it's, it's the same menu and everything. So you will be immediately familiar with what that game be doing. Good. I played Super Crush KO. I got all the S ranks. Yep. yep. Took like three or four hours, and I just you know, it just made me feel warm and good inside. I, I was got just like, like yes. I got. I think I got like three S ranks in, in Graceful Explosion Machine. It is <laughs> more, it's much harder. It is so much harder to keep a combo going in that mm. game. Cool. I can't believe I have to put up with this slander. I'm sorry, no one here is a nerdo. No. Never. There are no nerds. You're all super None. nerdos. Oh, damn. Got him. Absolutely fucking dumpstered. All talking about video games and shit. <laughs> oh, is it time to talk about intellectual things like anime? Hmm. <laughs> you just said Red. Oh my god. Red, Red. Did you? <laughs> <laughs> oh, rat! Oh, rat! Just said intellectual things in anime. Everybody, did you did you hear that? Time to talk hey, about intellectual things like anime. <laughs> rat I was being sarcastic. Okay. All right. What I... a nerdo! I think that might be that might I might be able to meet you there. I might actually be able to bring some anime myself to the table instead of leaving it, this? instead of letting you shoulder that burden as, as like Atlas the Titan, um, <laughs> carrying our carrying the anime section of our podcast every every time. Right, Atlas is my favorite Attack on Titan because <laughs> <laughs> um, I watch like I watched a lot of anime. You right? watch all the anime. Oh Rats God! I just had a horrible reminder of what we're going to be talking. I about. know, oh, Polly. I want to die. I want to die. Well, you see, Polly, I watched 
58 episodes of Hunter <laughs> x Hunter. I think it's just called Hunter Hunter. I don't care. I'm going to call it Hunter <laughs> I'm just Hunter. saying that's how I've heard everybody say it. And I don't want you to look weird or like the dork in front of your cool new shonen wait, 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 friends. Wait. Yeah, when we're yeah. talking about Spy X family. <laughs> that's that's how you say it, right? No. I I reject. Oh, what? So is it just Romeo Juliet? No, is the show just Romeo I think it's Juliet? Romeo Cross Juliet. Uh-huh. Sometimes uh-huh. the X doesn't mean anything. Like in Spy Family, literally means nothing. In Hunter Hunter, means nothing. But like fucking like, like that like Xenoblade Cross, that's what that game's called. It's Xenoblade X. No, it's Xenoblade Cross. Is it Mega Man Cross? No, it's Is it Mega, Mega Man, Man Cross 2. No, it's Mega Man X. In uh-huh. that instance. In that instance. I reject I reject the reality that is being thrusted upon me. Remember that like cool Mega a- Man X Toho game I played earlier in the year? It's called Udongin Cross. Wait, really? Yep. Oh, you got me. It is. So the X <laughs> I actually knew that one somehow. So the X can be X, it can be cross, and it can be nothing that you don't Death even say the- with the title. Oh my god. Hey, guess what? Death of the author. It is what I say it is, because I'm the I am the audience and I and I create my own reality from the fiction that is presented to me okay if you want to be that arrogant <laughs> um i always want to be that arrogant i mean yeah <laughs> it just kind of comes with the john thyer territory i think it comes it comes with the john thyer territory so hunter cross hunter um <laughs> i've wanted to watch this for ages i really like shonen is the thing i haven't watched very much of it but mm-hmm. i've thirsted to watch it for a very long time Right. Um, I watched like a season of Attack on Titan ages ago and loved it. Mm-hmm. Um, I watched a bunch of Dragon Ball Z as a kid and loved it. Um, when I was when I was a kid, it was airing. It was pretty late, so I caught like a bunch of the Boo stuff. And it was just like, Uh-oh. I'm not sure what's going on here, but I, I <laughs> somehow this feels momentous and interesting to me. People people die. People sacrifice themselves to do a super mega hey. attack to defeat the ultimate enemy and then they just die and it doesn't work. Like my, my 10 <laughs> oh, year old yeah. brain doesn't under doesn't can't understand this. Mm-hmm. It's very intrigued. I think specifically the boo arc in dragon ball C doesn't make sense. Even if you've been keeping up with that show, <laughs> I believe it. I think it's also past the point where they had been killing everybody and, and then bringing back them back to life constantly. I think there's a part in that arc spoilers where the, entire, where the entirety of Earth's population dies oh, and they wish yeah. them back with the Dragon they Ball. They wish them back with the Dragon Ball, yeah. So, you know, <laughs> they stopped giving a shit about stakes at some point. I believe it. To my 10, I, I think that's probably I know, I still, still intact early on and to my 10-year-old my brain, I was like, yeah. wait, what? It's the craziest shit you've ever seen. It's the craziest shit I've ever seen because they just it just was completely unlike any kids entertainment I'd seen up to that point. I, I watched Soul Eater ages ago. Go ahead, Rhett. Kids, enter- like Western, like cartoons are like, okay, we're going to make a Spider-Man show and Spider-Man isn't allowed to punch anybody. <laughs> and you, the, the authors are just like, oh, Jesus, what? what? <laughs> and then Dragon Ball is just like, oh yeah, we fight to the death. <laughs> like what are the, what are the kids cartoons I've watched lately? The Western kids cartoons I've watched lately. Oh, Tangled and Steven Universe and She-Ra. <laughs> Those yeah. are very, 
very nice, gentle shows. Yeah, yeah. Um, easy to digest. Nothing challenging here. Um, no, not not in the. There's not. They're definitely not violent. No. Um, in the same way, yeah. Shira's got some good shit in it. I'm I'm very excited to finish that one before too long. Um, I'm watching it with a friend, so I'm poking through it slowly. Um, going back and then. So I watched Soul Eater ages ago, loved it. Um, so I've just been, I've just kind of watched this world, and I've just been like, oh, I, I, I wanted to watch Dragon Ball Kai at one point, but at that point, it wasn't really streaming anywhere, and mm. for some reason, I was too cowardly to steal it. And I'm sure I'm over that by now. That's funny. Um, That's funny. Considering the number of multi-million-dollar movies that you've stolen. <laughs> um. So yeah, I've just been entranced by this world. For, for a long time without really diving in myself. And I just had a feeling about Hunter Hunter. Um, I just had a feeling about it. I was mm-hmm. like, people really like this one. I'm watching the 2011 show for the record. Mm-hmm. People like really like this one and I don't know anything about it. I'm just, I'm just intrigued. I'm just interested. I kind of want to sample this. And I saw that the first arc was like 26 episodes. And I was like, I can give this the first arc. Um, and cause, cause that was another thing. I think I, I kind of had for a long time had the brain of like, if I'm going to sit down and watch a show, I'm going to watch all of it because otherwise my mouth thing won't be finished. won't be, I won't be able to mark it as completed. So I can't just watch a little bit of a show. And I think that also kept me from being able to enjoy these. That's the thing um, with a lot of shonen anime adaptations is that, they're really long. <laughs> like mm-hmm. One Piece has over a thousand episodes now. Yeah. People are so, just like, oh yeah, if you're not into this, don't get into it. Because <laughs> it's insane. Like you have to have just been keeping up with it for like the last decade. Like if you're going to keep yeah. up with something like that at this point, it has literally got to be the only thing you're watching for the next four years in your house. Like when you are awake, every waking hour, your TV yeah. better be watching episodes of One Piece. Or... Wild concept. You can watch a season of TV and then go do something else. <laughs> and that's allowed. It is. It is. Especially with something that is not finished and will never be finished. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I'm trying to kind of expand my palette a bit past like the I feel like it's a recurring complaint on this show, like the it's not finished, it'll never be finished. Yeah. Yeah. That yeah. thing. And and that's legit. That is a very annoying negative thing. Mm-hmm. about um modern over serialized media. Yeah. Um it's part of like I think it's part of why the MCU kind of sucks. I yeah. think there's a lot there's a lot of things. I, um, I had my exit point there. I got out right when they closed one book. Yep. I, I they what they did endgame and then I was done. Bye. Done. It's been so easy. The only time I almost dipped in was um for Spider Man. Didn't you did you watch Spider Man Red? No, I still haven't. Yeah, I, I didn't watch two or three. Yep. Um. So I. So I that was my thing. That was my switch flipping. Was just like, oh, I can just watch one arc of this and then leave, and that's mm-hmm. fine. Um. So I watched one arc of Hunter Hunter, and then I was like, the next arc is only twelve episodes. <laughs> I can give it one more arc. I'm fine. I'm I'm up for it. I'm having a good time. Let's give it one more arc. And then I finished that arc, and then it was, next arc's only 20 episodes. 
I can do that. I can give a one more arc. And I watched 20 more episodes and I did all this in like 10 days. Good Lord. No, it was like, I think it was like two weeks. Um, and the show's really fucking fun. So it's very hard to give like a, a, a synopsis mm-hmm. of Hunter Hunter because it just, it barely has a premise. It, it barely has a hook. It basically feels like a, but it basically feels like this is all of my ideas for like shonen action stories. And I'm just going to throw them all together into this one grab bag of a thing. Um, like the, the hook ostensibly is that there are these people called hunters in the show. Um, and the main character Gon's dad was a hunter and left him when he was very young to go out and see the world as a hunter. And they're like these licensed, super cool, super strong guys who do stuff. And it's now very nonspecific. So Gon wants to go and get the hunter exam, do the hunter exam so that he can go find his dad. The being a hunter basically stops mattering after the first arc. <laughs> kind of like, yeah, and like it comes, it just Soul Eater has a gimmick at the start. Different. Yeah, Soul Eater has a gimmick at the start first where like it's seven episodes and then they throw it away. Yep. Yep. <laughs> oh, Right, the soul weren't they trying to like collect a hundred souls or something? Souls, and it's like, yeah, they gave that up after like it just six episodes or something. It's so funny. That's because that was like, the way John talked about this show not having an overarching plot. I was thinking, oh, so it's the anti of Inuyasha where a gem explodes at the start, and then they go, well, time to go gather all one hundred and thirty pieces, and then that's actually what they do. <laughs> I watched the first two episodes of Inuyasha, and I got to that, and I was like, ah, I see yeah. where this is going. Even when I was younger and watching that, I just hit that point. It was just like, oh, I get it now. Yeah. Those first two eps are really good, too. It's really pretty. I mean, everything has to start really good, especially, you know, if you're going to plan to hook people in for like a decade. Especially beloved decade spanning shonen properties. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, So it's like there's so there. So like. The story is ostensibly that Gon is going to f- try to find his dad. There has been like one development along that front in fifty-eight episodes. <laughs> oh boy, the most anti-me like, show that you could find. But it's not episodic either. It's just that there are three arcs, and each one of those arcs is very complete and satisfying. Taken on that terms, it is here's twenty-six episodes of Gon taking the Hunter exam, which is basically like a series of tests devised by the hunters um, to they start with like 400 people and then weed it down to like a very select group of people who all have their own super cool powers. And it basically never is just here are two people and they're going to fight. And then the winner moves on. Mm -hmm. It it is so wild how few actual fight scenes there are in this show, even though it is definitely like an action show. Like it is constantly just weird and different and out there with how it handles conflicts. The, the climax of the, of the Hunter exam arc is a tournament where you watch one battle with that isn't really a fight because one person just is outrageously more powerful than the other person. And then it, it flashes forward to the end of the tournament and it's good. Like it doesn't feel shitty. It feels smart and well done because of how, how it's handled. Like it's so weird. Um, 
like the the candle thing that I tweeted at one point, that's from this show where someone holds out two candles and says, here's how we shall handle our dispute. Whoever's candle goes out first loses. And he holds out a long candle and a short candle and says, pick which one you want to light. <laughs> Should I pick the long candle? But wait, he knows I'll pick the long candle. So obviously that one is, 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 is um, trapped. I, maybe, maybe I should pick the short. Wait. So they have two characters off to the side, like narrating, like which, which candle should they pick? And then Gon just walks up and grabs the long candle and says, I'm picking the long candle because it'll take longer to burn out. <laughs> okay, good. That's the, what I picked on the poll. Yeah. You were, you were, you, that was the right pick. Hmm. Um, yes. Don't overthink it. Um, the, you see, the thing is, when the, he both candles were trapped. And when he picked the long candle, he swapped out his his short candle for another non-trapped short candle. Uh, so it didn't matter which one he picked. That's pretty good too. Shenanigans. It's pretty good, right? <laughs> um, it's very funny. It's it's just like it, it presents like these really simple arcs, and then they never resolve quite how you expect. Is kind of how how I. What, what I've been taking away from it so far. Mm. Um, the whole second arc is literally like, here's a tower. We shall, it is a battle tower. We shall fight our way and become the top ranked tower, t- tower fighters. And even that like, doesn't quite go how you expect at every stage. Mm. Um, I, it's just, it's just fun. Like, I think honestly, the touch point for me is probably death note where, it's um, a lot of like mind games and weird magic rules and almost nothing is ever just resolved by punching real good. It's all, always resolved by like really clever convoluted mystery magic shenanigans mm. that are set up and established and then paid off in really cool ways. So it, it doesn't feel, it doesn't cheat either. Um, I'm I'm the third arc is the most recent one and it's the one where like it suddenly gets very violent where it's just like they ha- introduce like 10 different bosses that like, that are like outrageously more powerful than anybody they fought before they have they don't stand the heroes don't stand a chance against them even though they become so much more powerful and then those 10 bosses are just fighting the mafia in a city <laughs> so that you have these scenes of like 500 hired just regular military people with guns versus these shonen baddies where one of them is like, I have a vacuum cleaner that can suck up corpses. And one of them is like, I fight with um, a cell phone that can control your mind. Oh my God. <laughs> um, God, what are some of the others? They're, they're so fucking wild. Um, I have a book where when I open it, I can control the powers I've stolen from other people, Nen pa- the Nen powers from other people I've stolen in the past, but only under certain conditions. Okay, it's now prob- you ask now you ask us which of those three you made up. Oh, there's also the character <laughs> there's also the character who um anytime she sleeps with someone, she takes on the, the, the their accumulated experience and she gains those levels for herself. <laughs> I get that reference. You get that reference. <laughs> I feel like I remember that reference from something, but I don't remember where. I don't think John mentioned it when he talked about J.K. Haru as a sex worker in another world. Oh, Jesus. 
So that's a deep. That's the deepest. Look cut. at me going for the deeper lore here. <laughs> like the, the, um, I saw the opportunity. She sounds like a, a shonen protagonist at this point. Absolutely. There is a character work. that there is a lady that can kiss people and then mind control them. I mean, it's, it's not like, great. Hey, guess what? It's not great with women. Oh, <laughs> oh well. But it's. But you know what? It's not great with women in a different way than all the other shows I've been watching. It just doesn't have any. Because it just doesn't have any. I mean, I think, like, given how women are often portrayed and in, in shown in media, yeah. I'll take that. I'll take that. It's, it, it's weird coming off of all the Chuni stuff, which is, like, all harem yeah. stuff, yeah. where, like, the story is, I'm going to help you navigate your trauma, and then we'll fall in love. Right. And then I'll, then we'll move on to somebody new. Um, This is just, like all boys club just just mm. boys all the time they finally introduced girls in the third arc and their powers are kiss people to mind control them <laughs> magic vacuum cleaner <laughs> and fights using a needle and thread oh my god pretty <laughs> rough that's like fuck this show oh yeah as soon as john said no girls i was like i'm out <laughs> hell do I'll i have out. any need for this uh i will say the needle and thread Girl and vacuum cleaner girl are extremely cool. Well, so is, Ga- so is Garier and Sinfo Gear, and I think that she probably sets that up way, sets that whole thing up way better. Um, which one was she again? She's uh, like the, the blue girl with the, the goth sharp lo- teeth. Yeah, the goth girl with sharp teeth. Season gotcha, three. gotcha. She's gotcha, very gotcha, good. Gotcha. Very the the there's some very there's some very good bits in this show. Um, again, it's very it's just very good at creating like intense stakes to the fighting where you really, really believe this person is so much stronger than the heroes. And, and how well this done are the stakes? Unbelievably. Um, um, they're extra rare because gotcha. they're very good. Okay. 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 They're bleeding rare. Bleeding. Like you showed it a picture of fire and scared it a little bit and that's all you need. Mm-hmm. Um, so, uh, but again, the fight with those 10 bosses, it doesn't, resolve in a fight it resolves with like basically a heist like it's so funny it's so good it's like a magic heist mm. um it just it just kicks ass i'm just having a ton of fun again it's just like they got to this 20 episode arc with these new characters and it's just like it became a different show kind mm. of and i'm like and i kind of suspect that the next arc is just gonna become another different <laughs> show yeah um, the fifth arc is 60 episodes. So oh, that's, oh, no. Oh, that's that's a lot. Oh, is that the whole that's the whole rest of it, isn't it? Or no, maybe not. Um, so I have arc four, which is like 17 episodes, arc five, which is 60 episodes. And I have no idea what it's about. It's Chimera Ant. I have no idea what that refers to. Um, and then a 12 episode closer. So uh. and the manga is not finished. Oh, good. So, yeah. Great. So however this ends. It will not be the end of the story as a whole because that doesn't exist, even though the show's been, the manga has been being written for twenty years. Yeah, yeah. I think the other thing about the manga not being finished is also has not updated in a year, yeah. at least. I think like three years. Yeah, it's, it's been had... extremely, extremely sporadic. Hmm. Um. Just like Berserk, and that that worked out. Um. So I again, I think this is a point where it's like, I. If I I'm watching this because I just I don't care I'm just gonna each already like the overall story is so 
not what I'm here for because there isn't one. I'm just watching this guy that is probably very good at writing shown in action because he wrote Yu Yu Hakusho, which I've only heard good things about. Mm -hmm. I kind of want to watch it. Um, And I suspect that it's just like, okay, I'm just going to have a ton of fun writing a bunch of nonsense. And it, 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 it feels like purely fun in how, in how it's put together. Um, And again, it gets really violent. (laughs) It got, it got like full metal alchemist violent in the third arc. It's it's fucking great. So here for it. Um, I think if, if each individual arc leaves you feeling really good at the end, mm-hmm. like it doesn't matter that there's no big connective tissue or that it's not finished. If each exactly. arc can kind of stick the landing. Exactly. I'm just enjoying it as like, like a weird anthology almost, yeah. I guess, um, which it, is exactly like how sword art online works, but it, it except it's bad. <laughs> <laughs> it's very funny coming from sword art online to this. Yeah. I imagine. Can I, can I, I had a, an idea for a tweet that I didn't say, but Go for the it. way you were complimenting the show was like, guy who has only read Sword Art Online reading something else. Wow, this sure is well written. <laughs> <laughs> I think Fair literally enough. anybody would say that, really. Getting a lot of well written vibes from this. <laughs> I'll say I had a couple friends come at me uh, or or respond with like Hunter Hunter is so much better than all the other shonen shows and it's so it's it's themes and characterization are so well done and I was I kind know of it's like, funny seeing like the um, praise for it and then the way you're just like yeah this is just made up while it's, while being written bullshit but it's fun I saw, it's I saw some tweets last night with some people and I was just like uh oh this is going weird it's about like oh like if it, you know if the, if if, if there is like more nuanced characterization later, don't fucking tell me. Just smile and nod and go away. <laughs> yeah, I'm just like, okay, if it gets there, that's great. But having a lot of fun with it now, char- the- so please don't, bitch, don't kill my vibe. Yeah, these are very, these are very simple characters mm-hmm. just plowing forward at 100 miles per hour, and it's a it's a blast to watch. Yeah. Um, and I, I'm fine if it is just that for the rest of the show. I'll be perfectly content. And it makes me want to watch more Shonen because again, mm-hmm. I can just watch one arc mm-hmm. and then drop it. Mm-hmm. And then if I don't, if I don't like it, <laughs> and if I like it, then I have more t- good TV to watch. There you go. This really no, does kind of feel like the anti Shonen though, where it's less about the fighting. Yeah, but that's the thing. It makes me want to watch a show that is all about the fighting. Because <laughs> I got to there's like yeah. episode thirty eight where they just have an extremely good fight. Mm-hmm. And I was like, Jesus fucking Christ. That was the coolest thing I've ever seen in my life. And, and a big part of that was because they had that long, long, long buildup. Mm-hmm. Um, but also I, I bet you, you Hakusho is real good. Um, and again, I still want to watch DBZ Kai to kind of fulfill the, the, the logging of my um, childhood self who really appreciated what mm-hmm. that show is doing and Kai yeah. cuts out all the filler. That's the other thing, both Yu Yu Hakusho and Hunter Hunter um, just have no filler. It's just straight manga material. Dragon Ball Kai cracked me up when it came out because <laughs> when that show was airing in America, like on Cartoon Network, I think people were like, uh, 
they cut out the violence and and some of the filler. They like they they would cut like episodes here and there, and then Dragon Ball Kai comes out and they cut out the violence and a lot of the filler. And people are like, "Oh, now the show is watchable." I'm like, "What? <laughs> <laughs> what the fuck?" Wait, so they still cut out the violence? Is still? I think, I think Kai is censored. Huh. Weird. Oh well. Um. I I just want to watch DBZ some some yeah. form of it. I want I want I want that in my life. Um. So yeah, that's that was a very fun anime journey. Um, mm-hmm. I, I liked opening myself up. Um, I watched the first season of K-On. Um, I kind of feel like I want to wait. I'm also watching Tomical Market. Um, oh, and I kind of, I, I'm yeah. curious about that one. It's is very it cute. More, is it more K-On? No, it's weird because it's, it's like cute, likable cast, but then there's also this sort of weird fantasy element mm-hmm. on top of it that makes it feel kind of dis, kind of distinct. Uh, okay. um, I, I, I don't want to kind of I, I, I want to wait until I've seen the movie because I think because apparently the movie like really brings it home in a cool way cool um, uh, oh fuck I forgot the I forgot the director's name <laughs> the way I, we talked about last episode yeah, I watched yeah, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Silent Voice and motherfucker mm. um, what was her name Liz Yamada <laughs> now Yamada, Yamada. Um, so I, I, I'm probably going to watch the rest of K-On um at some point and i want to finish this show and then kind of that'll be that's pretty much all of her stuff so i can don't you do that to me summarize the whole arc um she directed have, sound euphonium god damn it no she didn't wait she, she did not direct sound euphonium it, she directed okay. liz and the bluebird but she didn't direct sound euphonium okay i just glanced at her wikipedia page and it is on there as series unit director i guess that's not really that's, I don't think, I yeah. think that's, an, okay, I, that is okay, a okay, different okay, right. position. Yeah, yeah, that's not the same. Mm-hmm. I just saw the name there and I was like, hey, wait a second. Yeah, you pointed out that, like, after Liz and the Bluebird, like, there are two, there, there's going to sound euphonium was a really obvious arc. But for me, I was yeah. like, I'm, I kind of want to follow this creator to some, to her other stuff. Uh, hey, on the movie 2011. Yeah. Um, so I have one other thing I want to talk about. Um, and we're going back to video games because you you had that great video, that great anime segue. So <laughs> I, I I were we're jumping around. Um, do y'all like RPGs? No, <laughs> hate them. Can't hate stance, can't stand them. Can't right, stand them. You're you're excused from this chunk of the podcast. You okay, don't have, you don't have to worry. Taking your buds out now. All right. Uh, Rhett, Somebody like go RPGs? <laughs> really loud when you're done. That way I can hear the earbuds. Okay. <laughs> I'll go. <laughs> Yeah, please do. Okay. All right. I will that's see you just guys a normal, when you're done. Damn it. That's just a normal sound I make sometimes. I just realized. Damn, damn that was fast. All right. Um, Red, do you like RPGs? Yeah, sure. Okay. Um, <laughs> do you like 80s RPGs with fantasy in the name? Nah. No. Oh. Polly, do you like 80s RPGs with fantasy in the um, name? There are the- RPGs from the 1980s that do have different versions of the word fantasy in the title that I do like, yes. Do you like RPGs from the 80s with fantasy in the name, where fantasy is spelled with a PH instead of an F? <laughs> There's definitely one very large instance that I can think, because I don't think the second one came out until 1990. Uh, the second one, I think, what Fantasy Star 2, I think, was like in the 87 or 88. It was pretty early. Really? No, it wasn't. No, what no. am I talking about? 
I'm completely, completely out of my mind. Oh no, eighty-eight. Was it really? Was the Genesis really out in eighty-eight? Sorry. Sega, what are Google, you doing? Google Sega, break. you crazy? Bringing about the sixteen-bit era so No, early. it was it was eighty-nine. Okay, what are you doing Sega? Fantasy Star Two was eighty-nine. I was confused. All right. Um. Well, I played the nineteen eighty-five SSI RPG for um for many computer platforms. Fantasy, spelled P H A N T A S I E. I'm sure a lot of podcasts are talking about this banger this week. So we're, we're jumping right on, right, jumping right on the bandwagon here. Talk to us like we don't know anything about this game or the platform it's on. Um, you know, just okay. for the audience's sake. Yeah, just for the audience's <laughs> sake. So my journey with this is that I've been reading blogs and various internet content around um, 80s Western computer RPGs for probably probably a decade. Um, I, I, I remember watching some Ultima videos like a decade ago. Um, I, and, and getting intrigued, I played through Akalabeth and Ultima one with a walkthrough and I used a, a really bullshit glitch in Akalabeth so I could beat it in like an hour. Um, and I was like, oh, that was interesting. And then every subsequent stab at playing any of these games has completely fizzled out. Mm. Potentially because every single one of those stabs was me trying to play an Ultima game. I kept trying to play yeah, Ultima 3 and Ultima 4. Ultima is really like the fucking dry toast of RPGs, I think. I, I'm not going to write it off because I don't feel like I've given, given any of them like a real shot. Mm-hmm. Um, but I'm not. It's definitely not an entry point for me. Um, the vibe I get from various blogs and whatnot is that Ultima, the combat is kind of just sort of a secondary thing. Yeah. yeah. And the dungeons are just kind of a secondary thing. And really it's about here's a massive world to explore and a bunch of people in it. And then you can talk to the people and they'll have like these cool keyword systems where you can ask them a bunch of questions. Like it's a text parser game. Yeah. Um, it's a different kind of depth versus like, wizardry versus like Etrian Odyssey where it's like um, a hardcore really annoying dungeon crawler <laughs> um, which I which I like U- Ultima it's like you're asking me the combat is not going to be like the main thing here you're asking me to spend 30 hours running around taking a bunch of notes mapping out levels that aren't even that hard um, and I just don't think I had the patience for it um so I, I haven't played Wizardry, even though it looks really good, because it's going to be like 30 or 40 hours long, and that's a lot of graph paper. Those are going to be a slog. <laughs> Having played Wizardry in the past, like those games mm-hmm. are a lot. Um, the spinner tiles where you land on them and it doesn't animate the spinner, oh. so you don't realize that you've been spun around. Yep. <laughs> yep. Oh my god. It's miserable. Yep. It's misery. Um, it seems like the the most hard-ass version of that kind of experience. Yeah, yeah it's, it's very mean-spirited. But with permadeath also, yep. like you can get around that by backing up your characters, yeah, you but it's that up, yeah. built up with per, built with permadeath in mind. Mm. Um, so, and then Might and Magic is like 60 hours long and it is insanely big. Yeah. And it's just like, I. so I have all these ones where I'm like, I could see enjoying this. But it's so much. Mm-hmm. It's so much to ask. Um, fantasy 
it's SSI. They went on to make like Pool of Radiance and a bunch of other games um, that people really, really like. Um, except, and it is blissfully like 10 hours long. Oh, good. Um, and it just feels fucking great. Um, you, you start playing it and you walk outside and you get into some random encounters and then you level up and then you start beating the random encounters a little bit faster. And it's like, oh shit. Actual progression and it feels nice. And it feels nice. You get a sword and then the sword is stronger than your current weapon and you Mm -hmm. equip it and then you kill enemies even faster. And I'm like, oh, you you go to the next screen and there's a big map, but you only see a little bit of it. And then when you walk over a map tile, uh, when you walk over bits of the map, they automatically light up and stay lit up forever. (gasps) So then I walk back and forth across the map, filling in all the tiles and they stay lit forever. And it's like, oh, I'm exploring. An auto map? Are you kidding me? There's an auto map. You go into a dungeon. The dungeons aren't first person. They're completely top down and it automatically fills in. But it's a single screen. Um, It's basically the auto map is the dungeon. Right, 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 right. There's no no graph paper mapping. It's all automatic. Yep. It's all auto mapping. Um, There's still secret doors. There's still um, gimmicks. There's still stuff where you need to pay attention. Um, all the secret doors are telegraphed with hints. At least most of the ones I found were telegraphed with hints elsewhere. Um, so like, it just feel you can't save in the dungeons. You can't rest in the dungeons. So you get, go in a little ways and like, Oh, my resources are low. And then you retreat, go back to town, heal up, level up, get some new equipment, mm-hmm. go back in, explore the rest of the dungeon. You go through the dungeon. The whole dungeon takes like maybe 30, 40 minutes. Ooh. It's pretty quick. Um, and it just feels real good. I just, I'm just, oh shit, I'm just playing an RPG right you're, now. You're, you're playing an RPG that, like, I would say it, it feels JRPG adjacent enough that it's like, it's an easy end because there's a lot of language there that you already understand, but it's not 100% like a Dragon Quest or something. Exactly. It, it feels... Um, it, it has a number of the things that I would want out of like, not a, not a JR that I would want out of this where it's very open-ended. Mm-hmm. Um, you can explore pretty much the whole map right away, which feels great. Um, and the, the way that the little interactions in the dungeons play out are, is very cute and it definitely makes you take notes. Um, it feels specific. It, feel, it just feels like Dragon Quest. I'm just playing Dragon Quest. I'm playing this game. I'm playing this game for DOS <laughs> And I'm playing Dragon Quest. And I'm like, yes, this is all I ever wanted. Thank you. Thank I, you. I just wanted Dragon Quest. I just wanted Dragon Quest, and you're giving that to me. Thank you. Um, now, that, that's partly a goof, but also just like the, the goal, I think, in playing these old games is to hit that point where you're familiar enough with the language, you've poked, you, where... And you ju- and it feels good and it's well constructed enough that you just slide into I'm just playing an RP a video game and yeah. I'm just having fun. Um and I got there real quick with this. It's good. Um and, and it just felt miraculous. It felt so good. Um I played the DOS version. I tried playing the Amiga and Atari ST versions that have way better art, and also they let you transfer characters to the for, to two, because two came out on a bunch of computers. It did not come out on DOS. Oh! <laughs> three did. One and three did. Two did not. Oh, wild. It's very weird. Yeah, that's, that, that's weird. Um, but 
the DOS version feels fucking great. It's all keyboard. It's all arrow keys. In the Amiga version, you have to like click three separate sub menus just to attack every round, and it feels awful. Yeah. It's so slow. DOS version, you just press enter. It, it fights, and you can hold enter to fast forward through the fights. Um, so it's speedy. All the, everything moves quick. Once you're once you know that you're safe, um, you don't have to just watch every round play out closely anymore. Um, it the the way the auto map looks and plays out, it actually reminds me a lot of Rants. It feels just like Rants, mm. which was the reason I started in the first place. I saw the map and was like, "Oh, this looks like Rants too." Oh of course, goodness. of course. Yep. <laughs> um, Fantasy was apparently pretty popular in Japan. All three games got um, PC eighty eight got like PC eighty eight, Sharp X one, FM seven, MSX ports. Yeah. Just the whole. The whole gauntlet, the whole lineup there of all the good uh, yep. Japanese computers, including a J- Japan-only sequel called Fantasy Four, which oh. looks exactly like Rance Three. The, everything about the interface looks exactly like Rance Three. Oh. Came out first. Oh wow! It's Wait. very funny. Oh, you think Rance was lifting from these? Oh, I, I think Rance was. I don't doubt it. Yeah, this the first one came out before Dragon Quest, yeah. and. The the ending dungeon you fight is on an island directly across some water from the starting town, and I was like, hmm, hmm, I don't know. I'm just, I, I'm, I don't know anything. I don't know anything. Um, I I know very little about this world still, so I feel like these could easily be that there could obviously. It's like, oh, you're copying this when really, like, this is something like ten different games do. Yeah, or something. Yeah, 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 yeah. It, it could and it couldn't be, but this sounds like really on the nose. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um. In any case, I'm pretty sure I'm pretty sure Rance had played. They played these. Um. So I, I just I just had so much fun. Um. And I didn't have to look at a guide a single time. I got through the whole game, paying very taking very careful notes, and. Several times getting stuck for like a minute and then immediately finding the way forward. I, I solved several puzzles myself and it felt, and I just had a smooth cruise through to the end. Mm. And then a really, and it stayed hard and it stayed like slightly hard the whole time. Um, That's how you like it. You want it to be smooth, but it's got to be like real hard too. Just like, I like it smooth, <laughs> but just make it real hard too. Um, like penis. Like a penis, exactly. <laughs> um, and then it came all over my face at the end, and I was yeah! just like, couldn't have been happier. Um, so yeah, I just I was really pleased with this, and I feel very happy to have. Lit- this feels like the culmination of a ten-year journey, a ten-year journey to just play and like one of these games after reading about them for ten for so long. Mm. Um, and I feel like this. I feel like this can be the entry point because there's several more um, like 10 hour long games from this era that look really fun to me. Um, and then if I play and enjoy those, then maybe I'll be ready for one of the beefier ones. Who knows? The, the world is my oyster. Can you um, eat oysters? Is that like a gluten thing? I can eat oysters, but I can't because I can't eat saltine crackers. And if you're not going to have saltine crackers, yeah, what's, why bother? Why fucking bother? Yeah. You, you put the oyster on, you put the put it on the cracker, you put some cocktail sauce on, and you eat it, and it's delicious. Yep. But no, I can't do that because I can't eat saltines. So no oysters, thank you. 
Unfortunate. Um, so I know that you are all really, really aching to hear my fantasy take. Um, I know that's what you've been hungry for for the last month. Oh yeah, yeah. For, the last, for basically the whole run of our podcast. Like I was and I'm sitting, glad that one of us I finally jumped in. I couldn't sleep last night. Like I knew that we were going to be podcasting like <laughs> less than twenty four hours later. It was like, man, like John's going to be talking about fantasy, and I was just like, man, I can't. <sighs> how do you sleep? How do you do it? Like, how did you sleep? And you're the one that had to talk about it. <laughs> it was it was tricky, but I I got there. Um. So yeah, that was that was a. It felt like an indie RPG, basically. Where it's it's that same energy of like playing a remake of Dragon Quest One or Ease One, where you right, just right, 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 snap through it in a couple sittings, and it's like, yes, thank you. It sounds a lot snappier than 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 these kind of Ultima. RPGs tend to, given like yeah. our wizardries, our Ultima's, Might and Magics, which tend to run. Like hearing that there's a ten-hour one of these is kind of like you know I could. I could probably play that. I could mm-hmm. probably do that. I know. Given the vintage, it sounds remarkably modern. Like ten hours long with an auto map is like what? Yeah, an in auto the, map in, in the is just 80s. in the eighties. They had auto maps. They knew how to do that. Yep. Eighty-five Com- pre-computer computers. Eighty-five. Like what the fuck? Like when the they NES how to came out, and they, they didn't did. do auto maps on a lot of NES games. They knew how to do it. They just chose not to. Those, <laughs> those absolute bastards. <laughs> I'll say if I got through wizardry, if I just if I just like stuck my nose on that grindstone and, and beat wizardry one, I would be prepped for any dungeon crawler for the rest of my life. You know, like I That's, would say that like this game probably prepared you for like a pretty simple dungeon crawler, like something like Mary Skelter or something like you could probably like, mm-hmm. I think that like this game gave you some of the chops to, to approach a game like that. Yeah. Um, I, I'm, I'm very pleased and excited. I'm probably going to play more of these. I think it's pretty funny that I played Final Fantasy IX and then Xenosaga and then was like, I need to jump continents for a little while. I need to just like, let's turn this way the fuck back. Like, let's real, let's take things a little further back. We we need to dive into the past. We, we're going He's back. going to take you back to the past. To play the play RPGs the awesome to kick ass. Thank you all for listening. That's my that's been my 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 grand CRPG journey. Who knows where the winds will take me next? The C doesn't stand for crap after all. It's not too late to be the summer of Umineko. Um no, it's not. That's not where it's my brain is. It's May. It's yet. not summer. Yeah, it's May. No, it's, it's not, not even yet. summer yet. So. <laughs> I I'll I'll get back to Umineko. I'll get back to it at some point. I t- I'm telling myself that too, because like when when you played episode one, I played episode one, and then I started episode two, and I just kind of fell off for some reason. Oh no! <laughs> Not that I hated it. It's just like I got into doing other stuff. I think I started making. Yeah. Uh, I think like w- around that time, I started making ASDF, and then I just got mm-hmm. completely distracted. Gotcha. Well, Umineko is basically just like Hunter Hunter, where it doesn't you, the, the the grand t- story doesn't really matter. Yeah, it's really it's about like deal. the individual arcs. You think he's going to come to his house and your house and kill you? <laughs> <laughs> it's just like Higurashi that way. It's like yeah. each arc is just sort of its own thing. Not a lot of substance in the main arc, but you know, you fire up those individual arcs, and it's just like yeah. <laughs> There's nothing to put together there. No. <laughs> Umineko, you can really just play two episodes in dip and have a good time. (laughs) Totally fine. Good stuff. (laughs) Episode two is a good stopping point. Don't worry. (laughs) 
<laughs> Rat, what have you else have you been up to? Uh, so I, I played some more games. <laughs> yeah. I did watch anime, but I'm not going to bore Polly with the tale of me watching Girls in Panzer the third time. Yeah, I think we've I think we've talked about that show already twice on this. So It's very good. Excellent. I finished it and thought, yes, this is the bar that a 10 of out of 10 needs to hit. Good. Um I played Rogue Legacy 2. Okay, Ooh. now I'm, I'm oh, interested. How about this? I've literally uh, not heard anybody talk about this. And this was so, a big game back in like 2012 or so. I remember like original, everybody, everybody I know played that game and it was like, yes, this is really dope and cool. And then the sequel think, comes out. Nothing. Uh, nothing. <laughs> no. I think that's just kind of how these decade late sequels go. You think Early Access killed it too? I think Early Access may have helped it a lot, actually. Oh, yeah? I think because yeah. it kind of helped. Because it was out there in some form, people could play it. Like, I don't actually think this game is bombing. I think we're just not in the circle. Because oh, I saw okay, a thing. Okay, okay. Like, they they posted a news update, like, 22,000 concurrent players, which I think is a lot. Like, this isn't like Elden Ring yeah, or something. Yeah, that's huge. Let me, I'm looking right now on uh, the Steam thing, which is... Okay, Rogue Legacy right now has 9,000 players uh, and a daily peak of 14,000. Like, for a single-player, you know, indie game, I think that's pretty good. Yeah, absolutely. Like, like, this, is like good. this is, like, actually the lowest peak point for Steam right now, oh, like, based right. on the user's put graph. Um, but I, I saw that arc where the first game was huge, and then the second one, bleh, with uh, Splunky, Splunky was one. Yeah, that one. They really designed that towards the uh, the kind of the hardcore streamers and stuff. Yeah, and not in it, not an indie game in any way. But Mario Maker Two was also. Oh yeah, like, yeah, that one. I was gonna. Like, th I was thinking of Axiom Verge Two. Oh, Axiom Verge oh, Two my came God. and went. That was like the the silentest fart I've ever not heard. <laughs> I forgot that was a thing. Yep. I did. Yes. I. But I would say I don't feel like Axiom Verge was ever as big as Splunky or Rogue, Rogue Legacy Le were for mm -hmm. their relative time periods. Because Rogue Legacy, I think that is like in the evolution of Rogue Light games, like an extremely important one. Sure. Yeah. Like yeah. that one really kind of set Rogue the pace Legacy for a lot. After Red Legacy came, and then everyone realized, oh, we'll do it like this. We'll make it bad. And then everyone decided to make game, the games bad Ooh, instead fun, of good. Dude, I fun. mean, no, that's that's definitely... That is the that is what happened. People saw that that, that <laughs> progression mechanic worked, and everybody made to do the same thing. Yeah, that's why I'm trying very hard to say roguelite and not roguelike with Thank a K. They sound very similar. It's not a great name. There was a, I mean, I'm being, also, very, being very facetious. I, I, I'm not plugged in with these games, so I don't oh, want to say that Hades oh, is probably okay. really boring and bad. I don't know. I don't okay, know. okay. <laughs> there was a fucking rogue... There was like a rogue sale on Steam, and they had four categories that you could filter the games through. <laughs> and oh, they were yeah! just They were fucking insane, because they were roguelike, roguelite... Action roguelite... So, no, uh, no, 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 no. The other two were Souls-like oh, and, and Metroidvania. What? And the funniest part of all that was that I looked through all four and Dead Cells was in all four. So yeah, yeah. Completely, 
completely useless completely worthless categorizing yeah like the fact that souls and metroidvania had somehow become subgenres of roguelike was like what the that's insane yeah i don't get souls at all being like no absolutely bizarre but anyways um so the thing that rogue legacy wanted was introduce permanent currency between runs yeah and like that was its entire deal was that you ran around a bit you killed a bunch of enemies you collected gold and then you could spend that gold to buy an upgrade yeah. like now you're five percent stronger or whatever yeah. or, which, know, is, which is bunch. which is an old idea like there's a bunch of them from the yeah. 90s that build on stuff like that that's it's okay. totally legit to me it was like hey we we did the flash game thing basically because there were yeah, a lot yeah. of flash games as well where it's like throw a paper plane okay now buy the upgrade to throw the plane further like it was literally impossible to actually do good on your first runs what mm. I, what i liked about rogue legacy was because it was like an action game you could in theory beat the game on your first life i don't think you'd like have to literally not get hit but you could and there's even achievement it's the one achievement i don't have for the original mm. is is to beat the game in 15 generations which is really that's tight that's really hard to do yeah yeah that's funny but they said it's possible yeah. it's reasonable Rogue, so that was the first game is all upgrades. And then since then, almost every roguelite, roguelike, whatever, has some sort of permanent currency between runs. Yeah. Uh, I haven't played nearly all of them because the genre blew the fuck up in the last, you know, nine years. Yeah. But I have played Dead Cells a bit. I've played Hades a bit and I've played uh, Vampire Survivors. Yeah. And all three of those have some form of money that you power up your character between runs yeah mm -hmm. and then there's binding of isaac which is like the one big one that i know of that does not have yeah, that's that's, that's always kind of been that's spelunky too right? yeah oh, no spelunky uh, oh, right well spelunky's Spelunky. got like right it's progression based stuff but it's not like you get right, stronger right. or better i thought it was like Spelunky. the shortcuts right yeah it's the Spelunky shortcuts yeah spelunky yeah, has the shortcuts that's different i think yeah, yeah spelunky is like the truest rogue like where you don't really need any you don't really get any true assistance because the shortcuts you get lock you out of like the true ending stuff yeah they're pra they're practice options yeah. basically that's how yeah. i use them yeah and there's no like oh now your whip is stronger now your jump is higher it, that one is, there's no unlockables either isaac is all about unlocking new stuff to yeah. get which is mm -hmm. but it's not currency based the thing about rogue legacy 2 is that they didn't evolve enough given how much that genre has in the last nine years, I think mm. where it's just, you do a run and you collect some money and you buy some upgrades and they've, they've added a lot to the game where like there's actual character classes now, like not every character. The first one you get is the big sword over the shoulder character, like the knight. Yeah. That's like the kind of the default base basic class. The other classes have different weapons. There's like ninjas and pirates and archers and mages. There's a whole bunch of them. And like, that's probably the best part of the game mm -hmm. is having mm -hmm. all these different classes and different play styles. But I think a thing about a lot of the roguelikes I've played is that your character grows and changes over the course of a run. Again, not Splunky, but like specifically like Isaac or Isaac Hades. Isaac and or, Hades. Or, and, yeah, yeah, Dead Cells. Yeah. Or even Vampire Survivors, yeah, which absolutely. is like 
the the barest like the distillation of that formula is where you start with the one character and they have one weapon, and then you get five other weapons yeah. over the mm-hmm. course and the upgrades and stuff. Yeah. Characters in Rogue Legacy feel like they're ninety percent done as soon as you start yeah. a character run. Because they all come with their weapon, they all come with their talent, and then they get like a randomly generated magic spell as well. Mm. And like there's stuff you can find along the way, but like there's things called relics that are kind of like the item pickups in Isaac, except mm-hmm. they're all really boring, is the problem. <gasps> oh no. Like the best one I've seen is like applies spore to an enemy. So that when an enemy dies, it does like a poison explosion. That's like the only single one I can think of off the top of my head that isn't just numbers changing. Uh, Everything else is like deal 10% more damage on the ground or deal 15% damage more damage to enemies that are far away. That's, like not, none, that's not very thrilling. None of them are thrilling. None of them really change the game. I, I think there is one that's like make a canopy like a platform when you air dodge. Which it changes things at least, mm-hmm. but like very, very few of them seem to not be number based. And like, it does not spark joy. It does not spark joy. It's just like they they don't go for like the most basic low hanging fruit of like, now your weapon applies ice. Like just si- simple, easy status effect stuff isn't no. doesn't even seem to be in here. Jeez, mm-hmm. you get a double jump. Like whatever. Well, you do get a double yeah, jump. Yeah, yeah, that's <laughs> oh, okay. They do have so, they have like permanent yeah there are like permanent kind of metroidvania as they describe it upgrades <laughs> and they are they're the most basic possible where it's literally when you start you can only dash on the ground and then the first one you can now dash in the air oh boy and then one of them later on is now your dash is longer oh jeez <laughs> and it goes and it here's the weird part it goes through these these like shadowy barriers that are extremely, extremely similar to the void. I think they're even called void. It's just the thing in Hollow Knight. What? We stole the doors from Hollow Knight. Oh, jeez, man! Remember these doors from Hollow Knight? That's our gimmick worth stealing. And then, so I should have mentioned this first. One of the character classes is called Valkyrie, and they have like a big like spear weapon. Mm-hmm. And it took me way too long to realize what was going on here. The spear makes a little like crescent sharp crescent shape when you swing it. Mm-hmm. And the thing that's unique about this character is they can attack up and down. So you can swing up, you can swing across, and you can swing down. And when we swing down, you kind of bounce off the enemy. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I thought this feels really good and familiar in a way that even the knight class, which is the Rogue Legacy one, doesn't. Right. right. And then I realized, oh wait, this is just this fucking is just Hollow, Hollow Knight. Knight. It's literally it's literally just the Hollow Knight uh, attack animations. It's ex- yeah, it's like exactly the same. Oh my god! Oh man! The fact that this class has like this extremely similar looking attack and can pogo off enemies, and that's their deal, is like hilarious. Like it seems like they kind of ignored the last nine years of Rogue Lights, but they did play Hollow Knight. <laughs> I mean, if you're gonna crib from one of the, if you're gonna crib from something, you might as well crib from one of the best. They definitely, there's one game they very much played, and that was Hollow Knight because there's two, way too on the nose references in it, design wise. Yeah. 
Maybe, I mean, maybe they did. Like, this is one of those games that people spend five years on. It's like, all right, I'm going to grind away at this. I've got time for one game. Let's play Hollow Knight. Yeah. All right, back to the grind. Or maybe they played Hollow Knight in 2017 and immediately started on this. It's yeah. a, I think this game was in development in 2015, though. Oh, God. Really? This game's been I mean, in early access for a long time. I think it's been in early access for like two years, and those were pandemic years, so you know. Okay, but I also like, know it, that this was yeah. under, this was in production for a long time, because yeah. I know I heard about this game a long time ago. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that makes God. sense, because as soon as it hit early access, it had to be playable, so yeah. like, that's also several years of work, probably. Yep. It feels so dark when people burn like seven years on, on games that don't even turn out to be kind of that great. Or to uh, make or, games in yeah. four days. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. Or or games like this where it just feels like kind of chasing oh, a specific trend or whatnot. They, they did have a game in the meantime, Full Metal Furies. Full Metal Furies. Oh, I, that that. Okay. I don't know that yeah. I know anybody that played or enjoyed. Oh. I read an interesting article about that game in that you know how The Witness has a second layer to it? Yeah. John? Mm-hmm. There's like the puzzles yes. on the screens and then there's the other thing. Yes. Full Metal Furies also has its own other thing. There's like this extremely complicated puzzle system in it that like literally no one found. Oh, oh wow. no. Oh, because, that's, oh, that's rough. So I was reading this article like years after that game came out. And I'm like, what do you mean? Full? Me- what do you mean? It's a puzzle game. What? <laughs> like reading about all this crazy shit that's in there that nobody ever found. Oh. Well, you gotta you gotta suspect that it happens sometimes, right? Not everything is not everybody's environmental station alpha. Like that's the other one I was gonna gets think uncovered. Of like, like that could have just also gone completely unexplored if the game had not sold as well. Mm-hmm. I wonder Oof. what other I wonder where Frog Fractions 3 is hiding. (laughs) (laughs) God, that's so wild. So, Rogue Legacy 2, though, is that another thing about the modern roguelikes that I've played, I mean, whatever on the word, is that there's rising and falling tension in that you start at the beginning of the world and then you fight a boss and you go to the next, like, like in Isaac, you know, you do a level and then you fight a boss and you go to the next level. Dead Mm -hmm. Cell... Uh, Hades. Hades has really cool explosive boss fights in it. In Rogue Legacy and Rogue Legacy 2, the bosses, once killed, stay permanently dead. Mm. And I think combined with each character kind of feeling completed as soon as you roll them means that you have two options with each new character and that is farm gold or go and try to kill the next boss. Yeah, that's kind of what all your runs are either going to be. And I think that worked for the first game, because yeah, again, it, it was a different time. It was nine years ago, and that was also a much smaller game. And it's just kind of exhausting in this one, mm. because of how I think they've tuned the game to be much more grindy. That's a common Whoa. complaint that I'm seeing, too. This game is... Okay, so here's like the real reason I don't like this game, is that it is miserably difficult. Oh, no. <laughs> like, I think the first, there's six areas this time. Like, it isn't quite as small, is bigger than the first game. Mm-hmm. The first three areas I thought were fine. Mm-hmm. And then you unlock, like, shortcuts so that you don't actually have to go through them each time. You can just pay to make warps that are permanent. Cool. 
but but then I think that also gets fucked up with the gold farming stuff right. where it's just like, do I just warp to the hardest area and just immediately die after like three minutes? Like it's just it's an unsatisfying loop. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Because I think farming, trying to farm like the easier areas, you don't get enough money fast enough to yeah. also feel worth it. Yeah. Oh. So like the fourth boss was just such a, the fourth area and the fourth boss were just such a difficulty jump where it just took me a long time to get past it. And the boss does a thing at the end of its fight that made me so mad i almost jokingly uninstalled the game <laughs> that, like, what was it? What was it? go Spoil into it? its go into its death throes and it's something that can actually kill you basically yeah they did the old it's basically a very long two-phase fight that then has a third phase oh that is that is not a joke phase oh good that, kill, <laughs> that killed me like another four times oh that <laughs> sucks like it's not it's like they tried to do, you know, the boss in Hollow Knight. I keep going. The pretty early on in Hollow Knight, there's like the wizard boss. Yeah. And then you kill it and then it comes back to life. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's very to, good. It's they great very boss. much. Try, they very much tried to have that moment, but I think it kind of whiffed Oof. <laughs> because, because because the surprise phase is a little bit too difficult. Mm. Mm-hmm. And the first and all of it is too difficult, I think. So it's just like. I was so elated finally beating that boss, and then it comes back to life and immediately one-shots me. I'm just like... Yeah, fuck (laughs) this! I'm done! (laughs) And that's not the one I kind of have quit on. Oh. Because the next boss is like two eyes, and they just, you know, they do their Don Maku patterns. Yeah. And they're not quite... They're not quite easy enough that you can deal with two at the same time. And the timing just feels a little off. And then at half health, a third one comes out. Oh, good! And I've survived on that th- on that second phase like for like ten seconds after God. several tries. Oh, jeez! <sighs> it just feels like everything in this game is tuned towards not letting the player break it, mm. which feels like just removing the fun from it. I think that that is definitely a case with these kinds of games. Is like where yeah, and I think Binding of Isaac set that standard of just like. Let the player fucking have fun. You can still make a challenging game around that. Just don't box the player in in these weird, arbitrary ways that make the game unfun. Mm -hmm. Just the way, like, I found found, a double relic, like, supposed to be twice as powerful, and it was, like, 12% more damage. I'm just like, that's not a game changer in the way you think it should be. Yeah. It really feels like this might have been better just as, like, more of a straight action thing. Yeah, it's like it would be too long if they expected you to do the whole game in one life. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But I think it would be more interesting in some way. And like if there was actual character growth in the middle of each yeah. run. Yeah. It's just like you get it's so kind of miserable to me when you get back to the the headquarters and to cash in your gold. And like say an upgrade is like a thousand or so in the mid game and you have like 12,000 gold and you buy a couple things. But each thing is like one more HP or 1% more damage. It just feels bad because there's never a point where you go, this will change things. This is definitely like that. Me getting an extra 13 damage is definitely going to be it. It's definitely like you just push a brick millimeter by millimeter or whatever. (laughs) Uh. 
you're just pushing against a wall like there's you're never going to push down the wall you're just pushing it a little bit yeah until you can get good and you grind against the boss you grind against the areas until you just get barely good enough to beat it and then you hit the next wall oofa doofa they also seem to have really tuned it for new game plus and beyond and i'm just like well I'm probably not going to beat it once. So I, I think I saw um, uh, Lyranette mention that, yeah. that like he I was he said I that, was like whatever that the second half it. of that game is, he's not here for it. Oh really? <laughs> yeah. yeah, that's exactly. Yeah, it was three. It was four out of six that broke me basically. Mm. Brutal. Yeah, that's rough. It's just it's it's an okay podcast game, but. Maybe not because even then, after like a couple hours, I'm just like, I'm just going through the fortress over and over to collect money to buy these absolutely tiny incremental upgrades. Start every oh, run oh. with 3% extra health. I don't, I think it would be 1% the way. The, okay. Can I talk about how insane the grind in this is? Absolutely. How intimidating that fucking skill tree is. Oh, where it's God. just like, there's health up level. There's health up version one, 10 levels, health up skill two, 10 levels, but they're more expensive. Health up skill number three, 10 levels, but they're way more expensive. Right. And then there's a different currency that you get from killing bosses that can level up the skills themselves. So my my health one actually goes to 12 now. Oh, God, <laughs> this just sounds... This sounds like, like a gotcha game, yeah, but without, yeah. but without one, except you can't buy the currency. They thought making <laughs> that part of the game bigger somehow, like they, I, I think they thought that that was the fun part of the first game or something because that was everyone played Hades People for hundred hours. Told them it was. They are games for a hundred hours. I think the thing with Hades that they missed is that that has the narrative, yeah, mm -hmm. like, and Hades, the voice acting. Yeah, it's got a big story going on. Like, Hades never repeated voice acting in, like, 25 hours for me, which is insane. That's insane. Mm -hmm. <laughs> like, there is an absurd amount of story content, even if it's not, like, actually great story. It's mm -hmm. just they made a voice line for literally everything that could ever yeah, possibly yeah, happen. And somehow it keeps track of not repeating to make everybody mm -hmm. feel like actual people and not just scripts. Yeah. Oh, that's funny. But yeah, when I found that you can level up the skills themselves, and even that is a minor end level oh. where you can add two levels to your oh, HP one skill. That that sorry, it clicked, feels... it clicked in my brain. This feels like fake grand order. <laughs> oh. It's the same thing where you there's no moment where it suddenly gets easier. Yeah. It's just pushing forward that millimeter by millimeter by millimeter That's, by millimeter yeah. over hours and hours and hours. There's like, I saw that one talent that the characters can randomly have is really good against the boss I'm stuck on because it basically gives them a Toho hitbox, mm -hmm. but they take more damage. But there's like safe spots on that boss, which is probably an oversight. Mm. It's I'm, exhausted. Like, I'm exhausted. I'm exhausted. Hearing about <laughs> exhausted this. Just hearing. Yeah, I like really... I, I thought about checking this out since, you know, like I have access Oof. to it, but I'm just like, yeah. nah, I think I don't need this in my the, life. It's just. They have, oh, I feel like they've just doubled, not even doubled, they've two million percent gone into the grind aspect. Yeah. And like, maybe, 
maybe the way it is is a result of that game being early access for two years. That's mm-hmm. what I think. Is I think that like that having that much access to it and a community behind it that constantly like was pushing mm-hmm. that game to its boundaries. They had to scale it up the way that they did just because you have this dedicated community yeah. that's playing it, and it makes it, it really warps your sense of balance. Or I wonder if it was like like the way Vampire Survivors is right now, where it's just everybody plays the update, yeah, does everything, and then needs the next update. So maybe that skill tree was way smaller originally, and then they were like, well, we'll add some new levels to it. I don't know. I mean, I kind of think that that's probably what's going to happen to Vampire Survivors, too. Uh, mm. Yeah. At least that... I still think that basic game is very dumb and fun. Oh, yeah. Like, that. I, like as long as they don't ever change anything about that, they're probably fine. Yeah. But yeah, getting into that is kind of starting to get overwhelming because there's all this skill trees not skill tree but like the achievement list is like getting longer and longer like doing specific runs with specific characters to y'all need to y'all need to play we need to people need to play chill nice small games like fantasy (laughs) (laughs) it's only 10 hours long you get you do you do all the achievements you get you get every side quest done and you map out the whole map in 10 hours and then it's done Think of how good you'll Just feel every time you every time you you finish unlocking every block on a map. Think of how good that feels. Think of how good that feels. I do that at every fucking dungeon crawler, and it gets me in way more trouble than I need to be <laughs> because my instincts are like, "Look, you don't have the resources to do this," but my brain is like, "I could probably get like thirty more blocks before I need to get out of here." And I, I cannot tell you the number of times that I have been playing a dungeon crawler, and that has been my ultimate <laughs> demise. But. Polly, doesn't it feel so good it when it's does. all mapped out? It's incredible. It's such a dopamine rush just unlocking those little squares. Mm-hmm. What if you could never unlock all of the map because it's constantly randomized each <gasps> one? Hell. Oh, that's absolute hell. Oh, no. Ah. <laughs> <sighs> Well, thank you for thank you for yeah. getting, going to the trenches and filling us in, Rhett. Yeah. I really wanted to like it. I bought it at launch. I was like, ah, let's go. Need me mm-hmm. a VTuber listening to game. Yeah, you've not like <laughs> I noticed that like something may have been amiss when I didn't see you playing it as much as I kind of thought you might, given that given how much we liked that first one. Because I think the first game gave you more feedback and it was just it was way shorter it was way mm-hmm. shorter it was simpler um it, the it upgrades felt more, felt like, more substantial yeah. it felt like your skill as a player mattered a lot mattered more to beating yeah. it yeah mm-hmm. when versus I versus the, the endless grind the, it's just there's a way to wait so i will give a disclaimer to anybody's like not that that has like literally ever happened on this podcast there's some way to make these bosses weaker in this that I don't know what it is. It's like a lore quest thing that's like really hidden. Uh-huh. Mm. I think the one for the thing on um the, the I think the thing for the fifth boss is like read this one diary ten times, and so you have to climb the tower ten times, and it gives you a new page each time. Mm-hmm. Maybe that will eventually just make the boss weaker. I don't know. Cool. That cool. sounds yeah. really dumb and tedious. <laughs> I because the bosses, the bosses have just all felt overwhelmingly hard, mm-hmm. but especially four and five. I think that that's like, got a lot to do with being an early access, and you're only you're only exposing yourself to people that are playing that game hardcore, and the game yeah. is not going to be hard for them after a certain point. So you've got mm-hmm. to keep tuning that game 
to that focused audience, I think that this game ended up yeah. way too focus tested uh, with yeah. that with the early access uh, uh, crowd, Maybe. and that's really what happened. I I definitely do know that literally there is a mechanic to make the bosses weaker, but yeah. I don't know how it's done. I just didn't want to look it up, but maybe yeah. I will if I just don't want to just actually hate this game. But also, oh, there's also it is interesting what going through the patch notes of like them balancing against really good players, where like the shield on the knight used to have like a much larger parry window to block 100 of damage, and now mm-hmm. it's like super tiny. That they were like, this character is too bad for. I know it's like this character is not good enough for average players and way too good with expert players. Who cares? It's not a competitive game. Yeah, that's true. It's let people have fun. Jesus Christ. What are video games for? (laughs) That's that weird Elden Ring thing where it's like patching the game to. Okay. Oh, no. Go ahead. Some stuff in Elden Ring was like legit broken okay. with how much easier. Like the thing I did to beat beat the game has not been altered. Okay, cool. But like a lot of it was also PvP stuff that was actually broken. Mm-hmm. But yeah, balancing single player games after they've been out for a month is weird. Yeah, it that just sounds like a terrible way to approach maintaining a game like just put it out and if people know how to break your game, let them have fun doing so. Like what is it hurting at this point? Yeah. I don't mm-hmm. understand. Got to make it as tight as possible. Is there a fucking it's leaderboard or something? I doubt it. Yeah. It's just weird when that when that post-release updating thing is kind of in service of like let's limit limit the player. Let's limit Yeah, like let's, let's take let's away close player these strategies. Let's take yeah. away yeah. player expression. Like I don't understand yeah. that methodology at all. It's a roguelike mm-hmm. that is like, please don't break it. We are going to do everything we can. Please don't break it, even though that's kind of the fun of the genre. Yeah, I like think. that's. Mm-hmm. I think that's why most of these games are fun. Getting ridiculously overpowered in a in, in a in a within a set of systems that are designed to like try and keep you from doing so, but not. Yeah. Like, but like with Binding of Isaac, for instance, like. The, the, there are systems at play to, like to try to keep you from getting that overpowered, but you can, but like mm-hmm. with a certain amount of skill, like you know, since a lot of that games like heavier hitting items it's come. It's truly in. random. Yeah, yeah, it's truly random, and a lot of the best stuff comes from like Devil Deal rooms, and those are hard to get. So, mm-hmm. so, 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 like when you're doing when you're balancing well, the way that this game sounds, like it's just taking away all player expression and just like. Mm-hmm. You know, this game must absolutely be perfect and hard. I will not have anybody say that I made a game that could be easily best. It's like, <laughs> dude, let it go. I remember when I had Rhett playing my, this is a different thing, sort of, but I had, I remember when Rhett was t- playtesting my puzzle game and I was like trying to close out all the solutions he had, yeah. he, he found. Yeah. Um, I, I did that, but I also realized as I was doing that, like the more I tightened that up, the if I just all I did was close off the solutions, then I would have like a really lame level because yeah. it would be it would be very tightly telegraphed. So I had to like mm-hmm. balance that with trying to leave enough room for the player to like move around and have I don't know just just yeah. an extra thought. It's we it's hard to balance things. It's hard to balance games at all. Yeah. It is. It is like even with Poly Dungeon, I had a lot of problems uh, 
like mid to late game making sure that like that game felt good despite the fact that it's just a shitty little hey press literally right that's very funny but like i had to make sure that like i don't want to put out a thing that's just like unfair and unbeatable so i like i had Mm -hmm. to like like late in the game like i had to go back and change like every single level up bonus like got reworked um Mm -hmm. Uh, I think like the, for the last three floors, I went and changed like damage values. I have them on the uh, the the game show floor where you go in and you open twenty chests. They was those cool. each chest used to be like ten damage, and I made it five. Um, things like that, like balancing games is hard, but like yeah. actively balancing the game against the player and r- removing expression in the ways that this game is doing it just sounds like the wrong way to handle that. Yeah, I, I guess it feels weird to me because like I balanced games and outside of that one example with Rhett, pretty much every single change i have ever made after playtesting yeah. was to make a game easier yeah. every change was to was to open the was to realize like oh this is demanding more than the player right. than i expected so i don't know video games they're impossible video games who understands i didn't, did not expect the game i haven't beaten to be the big thing but <laughs> I needed oh to rant and bit on that one because it was just yeah. like, this is driving me nuts. Yeah, like this just <laughs> kind of... I can't get an inch on this game. Yeah, it just kind of sounds like they strangled all the fun out of it. Mm. Wild. So, Polly, you want to close us out? Yeah, yeah. So, John, earlier when he was talking about fantasy, he was like, 10 years. 10-year mm-hmm. journey finally comes to an end. Well, I can relate. I'm going to get one-upped. I can feel it. Because... Because I have a 10-year journey that finally came to an end. I finished Xenoblade Chronicles. (laughs) Oh, my God. (gasps) We finally did it, ladies and gentlemen. Xenoblade Chronicles is officially SoxCast approved. Um, Man. What a journey, huh? That game. Okay, I will still say that, like, the first 20 hours, that it's it's by the numbers. It's by the numbers. It's not bad. It is not mm-hmm. bad. But you gotta be in the mood to want to go just do some RPG stuff for a while. Do some Tales shit. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> uh, but once that story pops off around the halfway point, it's so hard to put down. Uh, that, yeah, that, I, I just I remember flying through the back half of that game in like a week. Yeah, like I put it down once just be like just to kind of get myself away from the gameplay loop a little bit. Uh, but mm-hmm. for the most part, like uh, if you took the time that I played it, it was like like when I went through the back half of the game, it was like 10 days, basically. Um, that 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 and, and, and yeah, that, that game delivers real hard. Like the climax is it's. Everything that it's ever been built up to me to be uh, goes cool. real hard. Uh, <laughs> that ending is just real fucking satisfying. Like, I don't know what else I can say. Like, I I, I locked into what that game was doing gameplay wise uh, for the rest of the game. Like, and it, it felt good. That game's got some incredible boss design in the back half where you've kind of got to think out things a little more. You've got to look at your party composition a little more. I definitely was like changing my party around and playing with more characters than I thought I would. Um, Cause I thought I was just going to be like, let's just be Shulk the whole time. Um, <laughs> but you got to a point to where like the game kind of eases off. It's like, you don't really need to do that. Um, like, yeah, but due to, narrative things that kind of make it so that like you don't always have to be uh playing as shulk if you don't want to 
Um, mm-hmm. But, like, I started branching out and started playing with, like, Dunban and Melia and started having, like, a really good time with just, like, how nuanced and interesting and cleverly put, uh, and well put design, uh, well put together uh, the entire cast of characters is from, from like, the gameplay point of view of everybody having a really unique role in combat. And you have to approach every single person differently. Like, not you can't just, like, go in and just slam on attacks and expect that to get you through. It's just not going to work. You need to know how to play your character. Very MMO-y in that way. Um, <laughs> yes, Ryan finally hit the yoinky sploinky, um, <laughs> as the kids might say. Um, I, I guess I, I still think, like, my only real... Um, criticisms of it are you know like the maybe the slow first half but i still don't understand the number of tedious and boring systems in this game that they just insist on being in there yeah a lot of them extremely incremental systems that have very small and result in very small numbers increases yeah like i don't like what the fuck do i care that like what like plus three percent critical from from the side on tuesday at 4 p.m like Dude, it's like JoJo stance, right? Exactly. Um, and then there's like the 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 bad the bad NPC affinity system where it's just like, can you name a single fucking NPC in Xenoblade Chronicles? Can you? Mm-hmm. No, you can't. The, the amazing thing about that affinity is that like that's the thing you have to max in Torna. Oh. <laughs> like not, not not only did it not go away. They made it mandatory in one of the smaller. They DLC got mad games. because people like they knew that people like me hated their dumb bullshit, and so they were like, "Well, guess what, motherfucker? Gonna force it this time. You're going to talk to my awful NPCs that add nothing to the story." My favorite moment in the late game in that story. This is a very minor spoiler. Is when you go back to Colony Six, and they're like, "This will be our base for now," and. <laughs> If you haven't built up Colony Six, yeah. the characters are just having that cutscene in an empty brownfield. That's empty what happened brown with me. Field. That's what happened for me because I did. I could, like they gave me this fucking like they want you to get like some kind of fucking transistor to 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 make uh yeah to make something, yeah. and I was just like, where? And it, I like, swear I. I ran through one of the early caves like three times trying to get this drop and, and I did could not, not get, get it. it. And I was like, fuck all the way off then. I don't care. If you're going to put like this entire fucking like, like city sim system behind a stupid ass system where you got like an almost 0% chance to get the item drop yeah. you need to unlock it, fuck all the way off. I'm not engaging with it. <laughs> I'm so glad that you can just ignore that. But yeah, that one like, cutscene towards the end is so funny because oh nobody yeah. doing that time that shit. I that was shit. laughing my ass off when that shit was happening because it was just like I've done nothing here. <laughs> uh, but yeah, like it, it, it. But other than the the crappy systems that I didn't care about that you really don't need to engage with, like I yeah. I dare say that like like you don't need to engage with NPC and affinity systems at all. Uh, you don't even need to bother with the fucking skill tree system if you don't want to. Apparently, like, every character has two extra fucking skill trees that you can get that I never ended up finding, because I... The game never surfaced how you might do that. Wait. Do you mean, like, the three different mood things? Yeah, every character has two more. What? (laughs) Every character has five! (laughs) 
I've never seen or heard of that. Yeah, they have five, and that's the only way that you can unlock more uh, Link skills uh, is uh, to get those extra uh, slots and max those out, too. I'm trying to figure out if this is the menu that I This is the menu that you from. missed. Okay. But you found it. But then I, well, there was a, an extra in, menu? Because in Definitive Edition, like, the menu system makes well, yeah, fucking it's, sense. It's just literally yeah. a JRPG menu where you've got options on the side, and if there's something new in it, they put a little red dot by it. I knew you could change between the three things. I didn't know you could get more. Yeah, That's there's funny. like a like I didn't know this until I looked at a let's play. It was like, what, how do you have five? Where'd you get those? And apparently, I you built can, up colony six. I wouldn't be surprised if it's something tied to that bullshit. Guess who's never unlocked Shulk's extra Monado skills? Says uh, Jet Storm Four. I did not get Monado Eater, and uh, I can't remember because I know I know Monado Eater exists because it's a part of something else. But uh, yeah, I didn't get any of that extra shit either. But you don't need any of it to finish the game. Oh it's totally fine. Like I I finished this game at like like level eighty or something. I did minimal grinding. Um, and even if I needed to grind the definitive edition, uh, oh my god, it's man, they let you do it real easily. If you want to, if you want to grind really easy in the definitive edition, uh, turn on casual mode and then go anywhere there are, where there are like level ninety six uh, <laughs> monsters, and you can actually just kill them. <laughs> like they just have they 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 just scale the stats down to almost nothing, and they still give you like fifty thousand to one hundred and fifty thousand experience. So if I needed to have grinded for the final level, for the final boss, like John had to, that's what I was going to do. Because I'm not sitting around for two fucking hours, like, traipsing around this world from encounter to encounter. Because it's not super <laughs> fast getting to encounter to encounter. You can't chain encounters really fast like that. Uh, I, I was I, in the final dungeon. I, like, had, uh, there was, like, an, uh, a level, an area transition with some strong enemies. Yeah. And I just ran back and forth between those two areas. <laughs> nice. Yeah, like if uh -huh. I if I needed to have grinded, I was just gonna go to one of the caves where there's like level ninety nine monsters and just go kill a few of them because you just yeah. bang out Z levels. Xenoblade Xenoblade X was really good at that. Where uh, you could, I, I had my character build in such a way that I could kill enemies that were well above my level. Yeah, and that gives you a a really nice fat XP boost. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. They they they. Um, yeah. and that that's without any casual mode or anything. It yeah, felt really cool. good. To pull that off, yeah. The, the problem is that grinding for money is extremely miserable in Xenoblade X. It's I just, mean, it, there's no easy way to get yeah, money, and that that turns out to be way more important in the end game. To, to get money in, in in Xenoblade Chronicles, really, you just got to do quests. That's where all your money yeah. comes from. Like they're giving you like wads of fifty thousand gold uh, per quest mm -hmm. by the end of Xenoblade Chronicles. That's how you fucking feed yourself, basically. Um, but yeah, like I finished that main game. I was pretty satisfied with it like i that that climax really went over well with me uh i love the characterization oh, they do so good the characterization they do with uh, uh the main antagonist and like uh you know before that final fight feels really really cool and like uh, it, and it's handled in a way that i don't think antagonists like that are ever really handled um and i really like that let that little nuance in character and showing uh, some vulnerability it was really really cool in what way do you want to elaborate a bit Oh, well, like it, it like it's, it's like he's genuinely fearful. Like he's fighting you because yes. he is afraid. 
Like he's, you know, like it's, this is a character that starts out just like, you know, like I'm like, I, I am the inevitable. I am your inevitable end and you prove him wrong and you get to that final fight. And the only reason he's fighting back now is just because he's fucking scared of you. And that feels <laughs> really cool. And the way that whole final fight plays out and the way they play with like the, the context button of making you press B <laughs> to do things. And it's just like, Oh, that's so cool. That's so awesome. That's yeah, I love I've I've seen that in like a couple RPGs mm-hmm. where you have that where the end game boss is actually kind of terrified of you. Yeah. And I I just think it's so much doper because it makes them scarier. When they yeah. express that kind of like human vulnerability, it's and then they're like, I'm lashing out because I'm afraid. It the it, 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 it makes feels it more much desperate. More it feels like a cornered animal. Yeah. It makes it feel exactly. scary. It's volatile. That's how that's how that's how Coder ends. It's how Dragon Quest Four ends. Yeah. rules. That shit's cool. So yeah, Xenoblade Chronicles, absolute like it's tops. It's fantastic. Um, cool. So Definitive Edition also comes with a bonus though. Oh, it, com- right. it comes. Ooh. It comes with an extended epilogue called Future Connected. Um, and I'm going to try and talk about this as much as I can without spoiling the main game. Um, at some point during this conversation, however, I am going to spoil Future Connected because I mm-hmm. need to get this mm-hmm. out of my head. <laughs> okay. I'm I will give you the warning. I will give you a warning beforehand. Like, if you don't want to hear, if you don't want to be spoiled on Future Connected, I'll, I'll give you your jumping out point because there's nothing really left on the show after this segment. Um, but yeah. So anyway, Future Connected, um, as much as I enjoyed the ending of the original game, I think we can all agree that a certain character kind of ended up getting shafted a bit in a way that kind of left them in a pretty crummy situation compared to the rest of the cast, maybe. Mm-hmm. Um, they kind of mm-hmm. like lost basically everything and didn't really get anything back for it. <laughs> um. And this extended epilogue tries to kind of take a stab at maybe fixing that and sort of putting that character on a better path, giving them a reason, giving them something to move forward with, uh, which works because they're probably my favorite character in the game, which is why I was very eager to get back into this. Um, And so there's that storyline. And then there's also this sort of monster of the week issue that needs fixing, Mm-hmm. Um, but you go into Future Connected and you feel like it's sort of aiming to get this character that kind of got shafted in the original game. Like it's that it feels like it's wanting to go do more with that. Mm-hmm. Um and so that's kind of like what the main storyline thrust here is sort of focused on is getting that character into a position so that they can start moving forward with the things that they need to do to, you know, get their life and the life of their people back on track. Um, and, um, so, so, so Future Connected plays largely the same as, uh, the main game with sort of the only difference being that, hey, they ripped out a bunch of the tedious, boring systems like Affinity and and (laughs) Skill Trees and, and shit. Um, and, uh, you don't do normal chain attacks anymore. You get uh, a new, um, uh, you get a new sort of bonus ability that you do by building up the party gauge, um, that gets stronger and more uh and more usable throughout this very like this entire quest that goes on uh throughout the course of the entire uh epilogue where you're collecting uh no pawn inspectors 
And uh, the more of them you collect, the stronger these attacks get, and the more the more no pawns you get running around in the field with you. So by the end, like I had like an, a whole army of like twelve no pawns yes. of just twelve little fucking no pawn prospectors running around with me, and it was very fucking silly. To um, <laughs> this date, did this make you like the no pawns? This uh, DLC, or th- not really DLC, but this, this extended epilogue actually did kind of make me like No Pawns a little more yes. because uh, they give you two new characters that are two of Ricky's children. Um, by mm. Ricky fucks, by the way, if you, in case you didn't know. <laughs> um, I mean, I, I think the original game did make that clear. He was already a dad. Yeah, he already had like forty kids. Um, oh, okay. So he's got like you got two of his kids. One of them is like a, a kid who like during the events of the first game. Uh, that kid's parents died and Ricky took him in. That's a very, uh, and they, they do mm-hmm. a lot with that. That's really, really cool. Uh, so you got him and you got his sister and like, they are the absolute highlight of this fucking thing. They're so oh. good. I like, I didn't fuck. I didn't fucking do any of the heart to heart shit in the main game. <laughs> I got one heart to heart event in that game. Yeah. I did every single one of them in Future Connected. Wow. They're easier so, to get well, to. They're easier yeah, to get in Future Connected. And they're all voiced and they're all voiced in Future Connected. So they're worth doing. And you can't fail them or, or get like, you know, bad affinity points or something uh for those heart to hearts. So yeah, they're like I did all of them in Future Connected. <laughs> um uh, and like those two no pawn characters you get are basically replacements for um, Sharla and Ryan because they basically just get their attacks. Uh, mm. and, and like I played through this whole DLC with Melia and the two no pawns, and like, like Shulk was just in the uh-huh. sidelines the whole time. <laughs> like Shulk <laughs> is there; he's in all the scenes, but I didn't fucking use him once. I just played as Melia the whole huh. time because she's a. Really... For some reason, I thought Shulk was just completely out of this one. No, <laughs> yeah, I did not know he was in it. No, Jesus. he's there. It's just. You know, like with the, where with where they left him at the end of that first game, uh, it's just kind of like I don't know. You're here, I, I, you're here because Melia asked you to be, I guess. Um, but uh, uh, with the no pawn prospector thing, like when you get like like when you when you fill up the party gauge, like your new attack is just like launching these sort of Final Fantasy esque summons that are just like big, dumb, ridiculous no pawn attacks. And there's like I think there's like three variations on each type, so there's like nine attacks total, and, and they get stronger and add more effects. Like every time you collect more no pawn inspectors throughout the world and do their quests and stuff, so it's just this really long quest that I actually really enjoyed engaging with uh, to track down all the no pawn uh, prospe- prospectors. Um, and uh, basically that's kind of like um, other than like the surface stuff I can't really talk much more about it other than to say that like, man, I don't like this thing at all. Um, mm. I I finished this I finished this epilogue at like 8.30 in the morning, uh, the morning that I finished it. And the more that it sat with me all day, it felt like a bad meal that I had eaten at noon oh that just god. stayed like a rock in your gut. And oh my god, I, I just like it does like it does do the thing that it sets out to do with the character that I wanted it to do. It doesn't do it in the way that I wanted them to, but it does get that character to where they need it to be. And I was mm. pretty happy with that but other than that like i think future connected is something that you can largely skip 
um just look up what happens and yeah because not a lot happens uh, it's not like it, it is like it took me 10 hours to get through and the main and for you know the, the main game took me like 52 hours so 62 mm-hmm. hours for the whole thing um that's very funny that you hit like 52 hours because i was like 50 hours on the dot for xenoblade one. Oh, nice, nice and xenoblade x and xenogears like i oh wow that's <laughs> like almost consistent. on the dot 50 hours very consistent very expensive um so this is a point where um i kind of want to talk spoilers about future connected uh so so you know if this is where you want to bail i'm probably i'm gonna try and not say much about xenoblade chronicles uh but what i have to say about this may end up saying something about that game so Anyway, if this is where you want to bail, thanks for joining us and all that. I appreciate it. Uh, but anyway, I'm going to spoil the shit out of Future Connected now. <laughs> so, Future Connected story is it's about Melia sort of finding the conviction and the, and the drive to become the leader she needs to be after the events of the, the original game. Mm-hmm. Um, and there is a fantastic antagonist that gets introduced early on. He's a smarmy motherfucker you just immediately want to strangle the life out of. He's he's that guy that's constantly smiling with his eyes. And, <laughs> and it's just like, stop it. Every single thing you're saying belies the look on your face. And I just want to put my fist through you. Um, and it introduces a lot of really juicy themes dealing with race and superiority. Um, and it's very, like, this is a very deep and personal thing that met for Melia to be invested in and run up against. You know, it's, it's a struggle of, like, of purebloods versus half-breeds and, like, one trying to play superiority over the other and, like, when she's trying to be a voice of unity, um... And, like, that makes such an immediately compelling story for her to be involved with. And the way that she's so completely disgusted by this turd and and how it reaffirms her conviction, you get behind that. It feels really good. And you think, man, I I am on board for something real good here. They're about to say some real shit. Um, and about halfway through the story, you have a boss fight with him, and... He literally just fucks off for the rest of the game. And you can play the entire rest of the game without ever seeing him again because the last part of his story is hidden behind an arbitrary series of eight fetch quests. And then he'll just favorite. And then he will just appear at this like where you gained control of the party at the start of the epilogue. And you just go there and fight him. Um, the way you unlock these quests is something that I don't think I ever ran into a single time in the original Xenoblade Chronicles or this fucking uh, epilogue is that you need to talk to a certain character with another certain character as the party leader. Oh, weird. That is something that I never had to do once anywhere else. Huh. But that is the only way you can open up this really awful set of eight fucking side quests that literally just throw you as far away from markers as they can so they can make it as miserable as possible. So, like, you can warp there, but it'll still take you, like, three or four minutes to get to the item you need to get. 
And they do this to you eight times, and sometimes each of those quests needs more than one item. So, you do the dumb bullshit eight quests. You get the letter, <laughs> ha ha, come meet me here. You go, you fight him. You, you go, you get, a scene starts, no voice acting, nothing at all. We've just given up at this point. Uh, it's another easy boss fight. He throws himself off a cliff, and that's it. Oof. And, and, oh, that's that's dire. And in the end, the monster of the week story is, is what we close on, because uh, Monado wrote Go Vroom, I guess. Wait, one more t- Monado what? Monado Go Vroom. <laughs> like, I guess that's fucking it. And it's Aww. just like, a lot of people were pissed off about Future Connected, because I guess they went into it thinking it was going to be some kind of fucking trailer for Xenoblade Chronicles 3. I don't know why. Um, hmm. But they, I'm pissed. And a lot of people are pissed off because it's like, oh, they didn't elaborate on the romance between Melia and Shock. It's like, oh, oh, fucking wonder why. Did you play the fucking original game? (laughs) She got jumped. She's she's there as, or he's there in the party as a friend. Like, like, and she totally, like, look, and this game takes place literally a year and a half after the events of the first game. You think she's not going to be over it by that point? <laughs> every, every lady needs to be part of the, the continuous harem circling around the main, the main character. Boy, that's the only way RPGs can function, and, obviously. <laughs> yes. And apparently, and I didn't know this, but apparently, like, the, 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 the monster of the week boss that is the star of this dumb fucking epilogue apparently is, like, just a palette swap from an enemy in uh, Xenoblade Chronicles 2. <laughs> but, but, with, but with just some filters on it. And some people, like, and there's some, like, little implications here with, like, the way the enemy appears in the world and, like, the, the thing that you have to do to finally be able to hit it that people are comparing it to the Hilbert effect in Xenosaga. Uh, and it's like, <laughs> I think you're reaching. I, I, look, I respect the hustle, and even I felt that it might be a reference, but I don't think it means anything. Mm-hmm. I don't think that this is going to be connected in any way to anything going forward, despite being called future connected. I think that that is just a, you know, I think that that is just named after what Melia's journey is currently on as she's looking to connect the future because her people have been decimated in a terrible way. And she's trying to you know reconnect that she's trying to reunify things. Um, and, Thankfully, they set her on a good path, but I think the rest of this is just like, what the fuck were you thinking? Like, how did you not go with this antagonist that had such good motives to provide a fantastic foil start to finish with her, and you had to go with the dumb Monado go brr story? It just seems very, it's, it sounds like it's just a very kind of hacked together Absolutely. And I'm not or complaining. Like because, hacky thing. Look, you get it for free. You don't pay a goddamn dime for it. Fine. But it's just well, like, I, um, I, unless you played the game 10 years ago on the Wii. Unless you played the game 10 years ago. <laughs> and then on the Nintendo Wii. has a new product to sell you. Right. It's just, oh, it's just like, but like I said, that like the longer I sat with this whole thing, like that day that I finished it, it just like, it made me madder and madder and madder for some reason. Oh. And it's just this so, isn't this is this is a DLC, right? So it doesn't fall under the every Xeno game is good umbrella. I right? think that that's yeah. Like this is just an epilogue okay. thing that they did. It's not 
you know, the main attraction. You come to Xenoblade Definitive Edition because you want to play fucking Xenoblade Chronicles because that game's really good. Mm-hmm. Uh, so Torna counts, though. Torna's definitely good. Torna is a stand- every Xeno Torna, game is good. Torna is a $40, $30 standalone video game. So Hey, every, hash, every Xeno game is good. So there you go. <laughs> But yeah. Thank you for sharing a journey there. I, I feel better about how I can't play this. Yeah. Because like, I don't want to buy a remake of Xenoblade Chronicles, Xenoblade Chronicles when I haven't played two and mm-hmm. play it again. Yeah. Like, I like if you want to really know what's going on in Future Connected, if you want like a more in depth version than I gave you, you know, just go read a fucking wiki. Like, I don't think that this is honestly all that worth playing through. I like the Nopon quest. I like the characters, but like, we're probably never going to see those characters again. And like, mm-hmm. none of this is really going to matter going forward. I don't think like people think that like, you know, like I said, people went into this wanting it to be some big connection to Zeno, to, to Zeno, Xenoblade Chronicles three. And it's like, it went into it for that reason and you want to be mad about it like you're dumb hate it for what it is is just like a kind of a not doing Melia justice yeah exactly exactly like she she poor, deserved poor like Melia. I, she deserved a much better like i said i'm glad they get her where she needs to be but i think that she mm-hmm. could have got there on a much stronger story on on the back of this antagonist that they introduced uh, mm-hmm. And so, like, I just got to wonder, do they like pussy out and not want to go with the racial tension angle or something? Mm-hmm. Or is this like, no, you got to get you got to let the boy with the sword be the hero. Like, You can't <laughs> do that. Like, Girls can't be heroes. What are you doing? Ah. Can't let you close out closing out with Rogue Legacy 2 and Xenoblade Future Connected Oof. bangers here. Look, you can't look. I'm not letting I'm not letting Future Connected in any way color how much I loved Good. Xenoblade yeah. Chronicles and how excited I am yeah. to get to XC2 and I've already got XC3 pre-ordered, okay? So, look, I'm here. I'm bought in now. I I'm ready. Let's fucking go. I'm here. Like I, I'm ready. Like I, I don't know. Like I keep I keep looking at that XC2 on my shelf, and I'm like, is it now? Is it? Do we do it now? Do we just do it? Can we do it? What if we do it one chapter at a time and just like pace oh, ourselves? Oh lordy, that's how you that's end up playing Xenoblade every one over six years. Oh no, yeah. <laughs> and then play Xenoblade two in like a month after, immediately after. Yeah. <laughs> Like, I think I need another month or two away from it before I decide. Like, I think I probably want to, like... Because I got stuff coming out that I do want to play here really soon. Like, I, Corpse Factory's coming out in a couple mo- or a couple weeks. Uh, I, the the song- schedule must be cleared for the I, the Somnium and Files. And I, the Som- <laughs> Like, nothing's getting in the way for I, the Somnium Files Nirvana Initiative. Like, that's day one. I'm going to be there. Like, leave me alone. Don't even... Don't call me. Don't text me. Don't nothing. <laughs> you ain't getting a hold of me that day. So yeah, that's... I have I have two Xeno games I desperately want to play mm. with two in the name. Nice, yeah, yeah, XC two and and Xenosaga two. Yeah. What am I? What am I supposed to do here? I have so I, I if I pick one, it means I'm not playing the other. That does, yeah. So, so you'll pick a third. You'll I will pick a third path. option. I will force my own either. path with the power of the Monado. <laughs> <laughs> I'll create my own future. <laughs> 
and play fantasy for DOS. I did see, uh, I, I do know, I did watch After Five one time try to play both XC1 and 2 at the same time with the same inputs. Uh, that was... <laughs> what? That was what? A, that was very a, funny. That was a very interesting two-hour stream that left the boy with a migraine headache. What? <laughs> God, I wonder God. if he. I wonder if he fucking. That's saved a lot that of one. stimulation. It was really fucking interesting watching them try to handle that shit. <laughs> ah, that's the good stuff. But yeah, yeah, yeah. So it happened. We we did it. We got Xenoblade Chronicles. Is is Soxcast approved? We at least got that out of it. Excited nice. for more. But I think that is going to awesome. do it. I think that's a podcast. We did it, everybody. We survived once again. And we will catch we you again it. three weeks from now, maybe, depending on what John has yeah. to say about it, apparently. <laughs> there is a definite subset of people who want Xenoblade to be Xenosaga. I think it makes sense to want Xenoblade to be Xenosaga. I think it makes sense to miss the turn-based fighting a little bit. Here's the thing. The chaos. Tone-wise, I think that that's another thing that I had an issue with, with, with Xenoblade mm. for a while, is that this isn't this isn't Zeno Gears and this isn't Zeno Saga. This is an entirely different mood. This is an entirely different tone. And again, that's like that coming clashing against like what I want versus what this thing is and needing to accept it on its own terms. Uh, and I think that that's another thing that I had to get over to finally open my heart to Xenoblade Chronicles. So I had to get mm-hmm. over that. I had to get over the fact that like it's not you know, it's not as like dark and 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 kind of brooding there the whole time. So, mm-hmm. and then I have my other friend that hates Xeno, that loves Xeno Gears, loves exploring cool little pretty RPG towns, and they got to Xeno Saga, and it's like it's all gray corridors. I hate this, and threw it away. Ah, uh, <sighs> everyone, we all. So it hard. goes. So it goes. <laughs> so it goes. John Dyer, <laughs> tell the folks at home where they can find you faraway.times.itch.io Rhett Thayer Tell the folks at home where they can find you. Your middleless brother. <laughs> That's, I, I feel so sorry for you. Dark. Okay, I've got I've got a new one. Okay. I said last time I wasn't going to change the reviews the watch review starlight one, uh-huh. but I mm-hmm. think I found one that is acceptable. All right. Watch anime cuz anime is good. Okay. It's true. You know what? That's I watched fun. 70 episodes of anime. I, I, I might, like might be watching episodes of anime. Might be watching some anime here soon. So maybe we'll talk cool. about it next time. And you cool. can find me at twitch.tv slash polyhead. That's where I do all my stuff. I do all my stuff there. All right. So uh, until next time, I want you all to remember out there, keep it close and near and dear to your heart. Remember, we are the podcast that loves you. We are the only ones. They love you. <laughs>